Hello, hello, this is George McCauley, and welcome to Review 2. Oh, Belton. He even has a presenter's voice. I know. We don't have one of those. <laughs> What are you looking forward to seeing the most? I think Bono will be here. I think, I think he is scheduled to be here. That was one of the early songs and it was brilliant. I thought it was excellent. I was bawling my eyes out at a few points. Utter, utter euphoria. Hello, Johnny here. We are back up north from our travels down to London. And at the start, you just heard an intro courtesy of U2 and Review 2 fan, George McCauley. And that's what the first half of this week's episode will be. It will be a lot of updates about our journey down to watch the Joshua Tree, fan interviews, uh, a bit of me and Vinny reciting some poetry that we saw on the tour, live reactions, basically. So that'll all be a bit rough and ready. Then in the second half, it'll be more standard review with Tyler as normal, where we'll see what we think about the Joshua Tree uh, once the desert dust has settled. So... I hope you enjoy that and bear with the audio for the first half. Hello, hello and good morning. It is the day of the gig and we are in Vinnie's flat in London, about to head out into the sunny, sunny day and take on the Joshua Tree. Man, it's hot today. It's proper hot. It's far too hot for pale people like us from the north where the sun needs Well, it's shines. not too hot for a rock show. <laughs> that is exactly the kind of thing... I am expecting that kind of like weird patter yeah. from Bono later on. Well, I, well, that's why that's why we're here. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really excited. Uh, thank you to uh, a lot of you who've said hello to us on Twitter and Facebook this morning, um, and over the last couple of days, we're looking forward to seeing a few of you. Well, all of you actually. There's there's no one we're not looking forward to see. Let's just say that. No, of course. I mean, obviously, a lot of people might be going on the Sunday gig, so sad we might not get to be at the same gigs. But it's really cool that we're all coming down on this weekend, and yeah, it was really fun to wake up to you know a couple of messages or retweets or you know things like that. Yeah. It just puts you in a good mood, makes you feel you know part of an actual community rather than just going to something in an yeah, isolated I think, fashion. I think today more than anything, you know, when you see a YouTube show, there's obviously a lot of emotions running high. But I think right now I'm feeling the love of the YouTube community and really appreciate. This is so much bigger because we've done review two now. Okay, so we're just waiting to get some train tickets to go to Twickenham, and I'm asking Tyler what he thinks the band will open the gig with. My prediction, and it might be a stupid one, is Streets. I think it's going to be Shadows and Tall Trees. That is nonsense, obviously. <laughs> no, I think it'll be Streets as well. So. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. There's not really any other option, really, is there? I, I don't think so, but look, we'll see. Hmm. I'm very excited. I just want to. I kind of just want to get there now. Yeah. Uh, Vinny's disappeared. He's gone getting some water. Yeah, and we will be back in a sec to ask Vinny what he thinks about this. And I imagine he'll say exactly the same thing. So see you in a sec. Okay, same question to Vinny. What do you think the band will open the gig with? Um, well, I'd like to see them open with the Weather Street said no name, and that's very unlikely. I think it doesn't seem like an opener. Oh no, that is one of their songs. Oh, is it? Oh, really? <laughs> Not like basket them. case. I don't see an open with basket well, case. Be interesting. Um, That's also what me and Tyler picked, by the way. Prince All right, I'll go for that then. Yeah. Which thing I'll finish with? Mm. God, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I'll call you in a bit. Still haven't found what I'm looking for now. Yeah. I won't finish no. with that. 
<laughs> just I, no. When, no. I'm, when I'm put on the spot with these oh. things, I just can't remember any song title. I, I think it's going to be the little things that give you away. Yeah. Mm, I don't think they will finish with something that's that's relatively unknown. Yeah, can we just highlight that we haven't looked at any set lists and don't know what's going to happen yeah. tonight, really? That's the fun of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Surprise. I think it'll be with or without you to finish with. Mm. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> So we've just arrived at Twickenham Station. Tyler is definitely in a state of agitation, elevation, excitementation. Soul nation, a jubilation. It's a revelation. Do you want to say that joke again, Vinny? <coughs> and he looks magnificent. Comedy gold. Ah. On site here with V-Man, we're in the queue outside Twickenham. So Vinny, we're near the time to see you two again. It's yep. been so many years for you oh, many, because many years, yeah. you're not a great fan. Well, You've I'm not been putting the hours in. You've not really been dedicated enough. So what are you, what are you excited about? I'm just I'm excited about getting it over with, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm very excited about seeing, about seeing Bono and getting a photo of myself with Bono in the background. You say Bono, can you name any other members of the band? No, no, I can't. Um, there's a guy called the surface. Yeah. That's oh no, no, the, the the contour. Yes, that's right. The circumference. And there's um, Adam Mudton. Yeah. And Larry. Um, Interested to see where you're going to go this this time. Larry Thinken. Yeah, he's thinking it over. He's thinking. He's always thinking it over. He is actually in the back. He's a very clever man. He's yeah. the brains behind the whole operation. And Tyler's just turned up. Just with to a finish this, Tyler, how do you feel about your new? U2 Joshua Tree Tour 2017 cap. I feel better about the cap than the Zippo lighter I just bought, which I thought was £10 and turned out to be 30 Oh my! But, um, Good God. Out of sheer... It's capitalism gone ignorant, crazy. I, I just, I, sheer pride in the name of love. I, I, I didn't <laughs> say I didn't want it. I still got it. So, yeah. Dad, I haven't bought a lighter. There's no reason for me to have it. It's for the candles at home. That's that's why I've got the lighter. That definitely sounds better the way that's happening. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's not going to be suspicious ca- now. I've got, I've got some good candles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're here at the gates uh, in Twickenham. Just about to go in. I say that. It's going to be a few hours. Um, to the gig. And we're here with... Review two fan we can say, George McCauley. I'm a number one fan. Yeah, our number one fan, George McCauley. <laughs> George, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm honoured. Firstly, I'm honoured just to be actually on, on the podcast. I'm a big, huge, huge fan of it. Have been since the very, very first episode. Absolutely buzzing. It's my first ever live U2 experience. I was supposed to go in 360 and last year, but I couldn't make it. So this is my first absolutely buzzing. I'm going tomorrow as well. I'm really excited that you're here at a completely um, fresh yeah, U2 experience. So my first question will be, what are you most looking forward to? I mean, like, what what song would you most like to hear? Song? Well, I mean, obviously... We don't know the set list either. Yeah. Do you know the set list? We don't know. We're not We've been not. avoiding spoilers, so don't give us any. <laughs> so if I say what I'm looking forward to, I'm going to, this is going to be an immediate spoiler. You can say that. If you, you say, say one that. track, that's okay. Is it, are you going to edit all this out? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Right. It'll one be really sleepy. You by think the we edit the podcast? Well, one thing I hope to is mysterious ways because that's been a little bit up and down over the last few episodes. I've uh, lost few episodes, the last few shows. I want to yeah. hear mysterious ways. The, spoiler alert: they rehearsed it yesterday, so there's probably a good chance we're going to hear it. And it's been a bit of a mainstay as well in the in YouTube's catalogue. Um, yeah, it's funky, it's dancey. I always like hearing mysterious ways. Tyler, you're not a fan, are you? <laughs> not a fan of mysterious ways. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, 
I, I don't think I, it's one of those U2 songs that come across better on the record I think and it's never amazed me live what if the edge <laughs> dances across the stage doing his little shuffle I mean come on oh no it's the best song ever well, it's the best song ever there you enough. go what if I was to say that the possible slide solo might make an appearance? Would that kind of sway you? What, what, you, what do you say, sorry? The slide solo. The slide solo? Good. Would that kind of sway you? I don't know, considering how much I do like the 90s stuff, uh, Mysterious Way is an even better than the real thing. It just never grabbed me in any particular way. So. Also, Tyler, I guess, is more focused on the vocals, whereas I'm more guitar-based. So, slide, I'm, I'm up there, I'm very happy. Whereas Tyler might be like, I don't know, checking the line of notes to the album, being like, oh, he's not said that. It's a sum up on Mysterious Ways. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I guess this is my first ever U2 experience. I think my my two favourite ever U2 songs are Beautiful Day and Pride. Yeah. So they're obviously (laughs) going to be huge hearing it for the first time. But I think, you know, just for the first experience, even to hear like Red Red Hill Mining Town, those songs haven't even, that track hasn't even played like once before. Exactly. So just to hear that, you know, for the first time is going to be amazing. I'm excited for our trip for your wires. For some reason, I'm just really, I never thought I'd see that song live. So that's really. Yeah, there's a huge pull for me to I really want to hear that. Despite being very lukewarm on it on the actual podcast, but fair enough. Well, I didn't Opinion... know they were going to do it next year. Look, opinions change, and that's all good. Um, but I think there's one man that we've not heard from in quite a while, and that's Vinny. So, Vinny, um, what, yes. are you, what, are, what are your hopes and dreams for this show? My hopes and dreams for this show, I'm hoping for a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I've not really thought this through, to be honest. I was, I was too busy letting people in and out of the queue. Right. Um, so move on to someone else, sorry. Okay, well, there we go. An insightful look into what Vinny expects from the Joshua Tree Tour. <laughs> we'll see you guys later for another check-in. We'll do that soon. That's a teaser. Soon. <laughs> where, where, where are you from, then? Shut, Vinny, shut up. Okay, so it's Tyler here. I'm outside the stadium at Twickenham. I've uh, just bumped into two fans. Got Caroline. Say hello, Caroline. Hello, Caroline. <laughs> and say hello, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. <laughs> so, about an hour away from being let into the gig. So, have you seen the band before? Yes. How many times? No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> it's important to argue about how many times you've seen you two. <laughs> DVDs don't count. Six or seven. Six or seven, yeah. right. And how about you, Catherine? Around ten. Around ten. Right, so, I, so this is my fourth time. So, were you on the original Joshua Tree? No. No. What about you? But yeah, the first Joshua Tree tour. In 87. No, no, right, okay. So what are you hoping for tonight? Other than the best show you've ever seen. Yeah, you also hope yeah. it's the best show you've uh, ever seen. Yeah. Because it's better and better. Any songs you want to hear tonight? I can't wait to hear Exit. Yeah, well, I'm really excited about that yeah. one as well. What Tree Hill is my favourite song. I'm strangely excited Exit's about it. It's the one that everybody's been yeah. Yeah, really revved about. Yeah. So, any, any songs for you? The same. I'm really excited about uh, I Trip For Your Wires for some reason. I never thought I'd be excited about that song, but here I am. But you know when you've heard all the hits yeah. at part of time, you just wanted to hear something that you've not heard, aren't you? And to hear something that doesn't get played very often. That's true, yeah. It's something that you get excited about. I'm 
Ultraviolet from Acting oh, Baby. Because yeah. that's, yeah, that's that probably song. my favourite song. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, Caroline and Catherine. Uh, and this will be on SoundCloud if you do want to listen to it. Um, but otherwise, otherwise, just have a great gig and a great thank day. You. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, guys. That was great. Okay, so I'm here with a couple of fans from the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. The Netherlands. <laughs> and um, what songs are you guys most excited to hear? Red Hill Mining Town, favourite of mine. and Yeah, not been played very much live either, so a real yeah. treat to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have been friends for, since the 80s. And uh, we've been in Dublin, uh, Rotterdam. We like to be here. Beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, sir? Uh, I want to hear uh, Running to Stand Still. Running to Stand Still. We yeah. stand still for that moment. <laughs> but it's, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> and, and where the streets have no name. Yeah. When, when they played it in Boston, it was very good then. Uh, Were you in Boston? Uh, no, 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 from the DVD. Yeah. Oh, no, no, me too. I wish I was there as well. That's fantastic. My all-time favorite is 11 o'clock TikTok, but uh, they nearly never play it. Eh? No. Uh, Imagine, though, if they bring that out live, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Well, thank you to our Netherlands fans, and we'll see you soon on Review Soon. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> You're welcome. Perfect, guys. Thank you very much. Okay guys, another outside the stadium update. I'm here with Ian and Darren. Ian, annoyingly, has been stood next to me in the queue and he did, no, did go to the original. I've been running around trying to find someone that went to the original Joshua Tree tour and Ian was there, he saw them at the Hammersmith Odeon, no? No, no, Wembley Stadium Wembley twice. Stadium. Wembley Stadium twice. Then the Wembley Arena. Right. And uh, Croke Park, uh, not Croke Park, um, Cardiff Arms Park in Wales. When do you see them at the Odeon? Samus Podium was on the war tour. The war tour? Oh. Yeah, sorry. No, that's alright. That's a, a fa one of my favourite albums. Um, so, what are you expecting the differences to be from that tour, from the the original Joshua Tree tour and this tour? Uh, they're, a bit, they're a bit older and a bit more sedentary, I think, than they were then back in the day. Yeah, I really wanted them to cosplay the cowboy outfits. No, I don't think so. No? So. Was, that not, was that cool then? It was just what it was, really, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just what happened. It's what it's their look at the time, really. I've only seen one proper Stetson today, and I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for them. Uh, but we also have Darren. When, and you first saw them on the Zeropa tour? Zeropa at Wembley. Zero, so, right, Zoo, Zoo TV. Um, what songs are you guys wanting to hear tonight? Red Hill Mining Town. Never heard it live. It's my yeah. 20th U2 concert. Never heard it live. 20? Yeah, wow. So, never heard it live. So, that'd be nice to hear the first track, the first time I played that track. And for you, Darren? Yeah, probably some. Heard a lot about Exit. 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 Exit is the the song that everyone I've talked to that that song keeps getting mentioned. For some reason, I'm really excited about "I Trip Through Your Wires." Yeah. Which I never thought I would hear myself say. Um, but I'm, they didn't even play a lot of these songs on the first tour, so. No, there was probably only about, so they wouldn't have, they didn't play Mothers of Disappears, they didn't play uh, Red Hill Mining Town, um, but I reckon they probably played, yeah, they probably played the rest of it. There was only a few tracks that didn't get, didn't get played really, off the Joshua Tree album. Yeah. And are you both still fans now? Yeah. We wouldn't be here if we weren't as much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what, I think, there is a, I think there's a lot of people who have come to this gig because they're they're a fan of the they're a fan in the 80s and maybe dwindled in the 90s and the noughties. Maybe if we had a quiet word with the boys, so they would play more from that era rather than do the before and after. 
So it'd be more 87 to sort of 89 rather than yeah, sort of pre Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree. That's that is what I wanted. I wanted songs like uh, Two Hearts Beat as one to make an appearance and then build up to the Joshua Tree. You might get New Year's Day. You might get New Year's. I day. love New Year's Day. I've never heard a bad version of New Year's Day. Yet. Spanish Eyes. Yes. It's my Valentine's song. Uh, any more hopes and dreams for tonight's gig? Just get on stage, play the guitar with the rhythm. Yeah, just Bono to look at me with those yeah. eyes. It goes beyond the 10.30 curfew. Yeah. Does it really? Have you heard that? I hope it goes Hopefully. beyond the 10.30 curfew. It's bad news for me, my train leaves at 10.30. I will not be leaving before the end of the gig though. Guys, thank you very much. This will be on SoundCloud, it's the Review 2 podcast. And um, yeah, thank you. Good luck. Okay, so we're uh, still outside the gig, still waiting for it to open, about an hour away. I'm here with George and... Dave from Sheffield. George and Dave from Sheffield. All right, um, so first question, were you here the first time round for the Joshua Tree Tour? No. 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 Well, uh, what was, have you seen them before? I'm, uh, I'm only 12, so it's been a... Yeah, I was, I was only born in 1990, so I, you know, I'm a no, bit of a handicapper. so I just missed the Joshua Tree. Right, okay. She's not really a YouTube fan. <laughs> it's alright, you can say that on a YouTube podcast. But I am. Right, yeah. big fan? Yeah, I'd say so. Favourite album? I prefer the early stuff. I'd say Joshua Tree. Joshua like, Tree, fair enough. I prefer the early stuff. I, I like the first three albums like a lot. Yeah. Probably a lot more than the, the later 80s stuff. Um, but yeah, what are you expecting to see tonight? Bono. Bono. Yeah. I think Bono will be here. I think I think he is scheduled to be here. I don't think I don't think George realizes just how big it's going to be today. This is this is big. Yeah, it's massive. But like, do you feel? Are you excited at all? I'm really excited for Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there is a band on after that. Um, called. Sorry, I think I think they're called you too. Yeah, I'm excited for them too, absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited, I think Noel is great as well. I, I love the first two albums and I'm excited for the yeah. third. Um, but yeah, any particular songs, obviously they're going to play Joshua Tree, but any other songs like that? I like it, I like it. I think it was great. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Nothing? Flying Just hope they play some of the good ones. <laughs> well, cheers, this will be on SoundCloud. It's the Review 2 podcast, oh. so check it out. Thank you very much, Thank Tyler. You. No worries. David George. Have a, have a great time. Um. Uh, hello, hello, and we are very, very hot and very, very bothered. The doors are opening at 4.30. It's now 4.25, and I think it's safe to say that we are melting. Vinny, your thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I fully agree with everything you just said. It's very hot. We are melting. And uh, to be honest, I think we're going to be lucky if we see it through the door in five minutes. So I'm, I'm on the way out, I think. Just when we thought we were all going to die, Tyler turned up with three gleaming bottles of water for us. How are you doing, T? Uh, yeah, I'm good. It's very important that we survive through this concert. Yeah. Um, to do a review of it. Yeah. Otherwise, you should edit it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited. It's very hot. Uh, I'm not complaining because you don't get many sunny days. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just really excited when I get in and want the show to start. Okay, so I'm still walking around the stadium trying to find somebody that actually went to the '87 Joshua Tree tour. Um, there's a very young crowd here today actually so I don't know what I'm going to do I am going to try and find somebody 
And I suppose I'll keep you updated. You, you can't be old enough to have gone to the first Joshua Tree tour. No. Is he? I'm, I'm being cheeky here, and <laughs> someone did. Someone did. Was he on the first? Was he at the? Right. Okay. Um, I am recording at the moment, but do you mind if I just record a little two-minute interview with you? It's for the Review 2 podcast, um, where we've been through all the albums and all the tours. Um, so we're just going to go and talk about this now. So, what's your name, sorry? Wayne. And Gemma. Gemma. And is your father? Yes. Right. Okay. Right, so I've just found uh, Wayne and Gemma. Gemma didn't, uh, couldn't go to the first Joshua Tree tour on account of not being born. Um, uh, but Wayne, I understand, may have actually been there. I was there. And where did, where did, where did you see them? Uh, Wembley Stadium. Uh, Wembley Arena and Wembley Stadium. Wow. <laughs> and 30 years later, yeah, how, exi- how yeah, excited are you? Yeah, it's cool, man. Now me, I'm all right. It's like one of those things, until you get to the day, yeah. It's kind of, like, kind of calm. When you get there, you see other people who've been here for like, all different ages. We just had a minute ago because like, she's like 19. Uh, my first show was like two years ago, two, three years ago. Um, and it's just cool because you see, it's good when people say, oh yeah, you don't go see these bands in the mall. People do. Yeah. Because you've got different ages. So for me, it's quite, it's quite nice actually. Yeah. Because I started seeing them in 83, which is a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> oh, that could have such a long conversation oh, with you. Uh, you <laughs> got to see them in the water. Oh, Back to Twickenham, and today. Oh, you've seen them. You've seen them all. Oh. So for today, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? Um, to, to hear the whole show, the whole uh, record. It's cool, you know. Yeah. They didn't play Red Hill Mine in town, so that's quite cool to hear that. Yeah. No, no one does that. Yeah, no I one. I didn't see Mothers that disappeared. Shows I went in that you said Mothers. Yeah. I didn't hear that. You know, played in God's Country. Played Exit. Looking forward to Exit. Yeah, that is that's asking a lot of people. That's the song that people want to hear. That song so been lost for so long. Yeah, that that, that song will be in any tour. Quite easy on any tour. Yeah, for me it's better than more popular ones. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. (laughs) uh, How much of a fan are you, Gemma? Since I was born, I think. She was. um, My wife was pregnant uh, with Gemma. We was at the pub once. Right. <laughs> we, were in, we were in the seas then because lost the wife. So you're a lemon baby then. I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, was, she was in the belly in '97. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you, what was it like the first time? Oh man, I was 19. Um, I, I'd seen them. So I'd seen them. Um, I sat in the general on the train up here. Well, like 83, 84, they were like your little cult band. Yeah. You know, you, you wanted to protect them. You don't want no one else to get hold of them because yeah. they're like yours. Because I discovered them. Like, I was into before that. I was into groups like the Jam. But when they all split up, you're looking for the next the next thing to really like cult to enjoy. And then you two come along. So they were, they were great. And then I saw them in '84. Then I see them in Live Aid '85. And I only went to Live Aid to see you so I didn't mean to give them monkeys about This man could do a whole podcast <laughs> of his own. But in '87, it was the first obviously stadium show. Yeah. I remember writing there. I did a blog on it. I was similar to our blog in those days. And in '87, about how cool it was. Because um, I lost my voice coming out at the stadium. That's the first, that's the first time I ever lost my voice. Were they equipped to do a stadium show then? No, no. No, I don't they think they were hanging their asses out. Yeah. But it was cool though, because it was different then. I mean, it was the original like, mosh pit and everything else in the days. Yeah. The surge of the wave when they came on stage, unreal. We had the Pogues on that day, no justice. <laughs> So they were spitting and everything. Yeah. You're a 19-year-old kid, and all this stuff's coming over you like that. Yeah. Like, this is madness. 
Um, no, they were great. It was a great night. Yeah. I remember coming down and I was, I was raving about it for weeks. It's still one of my. It's probably one of my still top three shows. I'm so jealous. Are you two your favourite band? My favourite band. Yeah. 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 Yeah, actually, I think so. Always will be. I'm, always, I'm always so, like, because I'm, I'm 26, so for a long time I thought I was the young generation, but known as a new generation, and I'm so glad that there's still young people coming to watch this band, because they're, they're timeless, I think. Man, when she, when she was um, free, uh, you'd watch VH1 and stuff in the days when it was still quite new, and the sweetest thing used to come up quite a long video, it was released. And she'd sit in front of the TV and watch it. Yeah. And she wouldn't for, for three minutes she wouldn't move that was one of the first times I remember yeah, yeah, I, I don't really I don't remember it's the, it's the only song she watched on TV on the video and she didn't say a word for three, for three minutes that's the only time it ever happened yeah. maybe else she would talk about it but as soon as that song came on and that video I think it was the video obviously yeah. she came yeah, in she sat on the floor and stared at the video must have been the fact that Boyzone were in the now you watch it for the firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Wayne and Jenny, right. thank you very much Sorry, for just letting me interview. Much. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Oh, you Cheers. See you later. Hello, so me and Vinny are here. Oh crap, the, the poem's starting, right? Okay, so I'm gonna have to begin it. Basically, there's lots of poems being played at the Joshua Tree, and we're gonna try and recall them. So, neither your face. Hygera, not your deeds unknown to me. And death these many years retains you on the grass or forest mound. Only a rivulet bears your name. It runs deep hidden in undeciduous redwood shade and trunks by age made holy, streaming down a valley of the Santa Lucia. Of the power you always had, light as a moth. And rising with the level and moonlit expansion of the fields around and the sleep of hoping men. You, I, what difference is there? We can all be saved. By a secret blooming, now as I walk the nights and you walk with me, we know simplicity is close to the source that sleeping men search for in their home deep beds. We know that the sun is away. We know that the sun can be conquered by moths in blue hometown air. The stars splinter, pointed and wild. The dead lie under the pastures. They look on and help. Tell me, freight train, when there is no one else to hear, tell me in a voice the sea would have if it had not a better one. As it lives hundreds of miles away, it's fumbling deep structured roar like the profound unstoppable craving of nations for their wish, hunger and time. I think we're just about ready for a little bit of Noel Gallagher. Which bit? Here we go. Bit of Noel. Bit of the instrumental from If I Have a Gun. And I just want to invite you to listen to the roar that will happen as soon as Noel enters the stage. Bit of patience. Give it a second, give it a moment. The legend from the north will descend soon. Manchester's finest. Is he being flown in? I don't think he's being flown in, Tyler, but we'll see. Maybe he'll emerge from some sort of trapdoor, we just don't know. 
That would be Ascend, wouldn't it? Yes, Johnny, I'm here with Petra from the Czech Republic, yeah? And Petra from Prague, Czech Republic. Yeah, great. And which song are you most looking forward to hearing tonight? Uh, maybe Pride. Pride, yes. Yeah. And have you seen the band play before? Excuse me? Have you seen the band play before? Have you ever watched you two play live? Or is this your first time? This is my fifth concert. Fifth time? Fifth time. Fantastic. Yeah. So when was your first time? Was it on the Elevation Tour maybe? 1997, Pop Mart in Prague. Oh, I'm very, very jealous. I'm very jealous. It was very cool, you know, because it was the first but also last concert in Prague. Yeah. So the, the straight fan of you two, they have to travel for the concert. So have they not been back to Prague in all that time? I don't know. I don't know. You have to, you have to ask Bono. <laughs> So, what do you think of the stage so far? I mean, obviously we've not seen it illuminated, but what do you when think I, of it? When I, when I saw the stage and construction on YouTube, yeah. on animation videos, I recognize it looks like similar like Pop Mart. Yeah, it's massive, is it? Big video yeah. screen. It's very, very smart, but this one is a better generation, you know, higher generation. Yeah. And the resolution will be fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So, if somebody likes this cool, very cool show, I think it's the best idea to go for this concert. Yeah. Vinny, mere moments before, I keep saying this, but mere moments before you two take the stage. What are your thoughts? What are your ambitions? What do you want? It's a very grandiose question. What I want is a, an excellent gig from you two. I've only just realized there's a drum kit out in the middle of the bloody crowd. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about. I want to see Larry on that doing a bit of uh, doing a bit of what? Doing a bit of pride. A bit of drumming. A bit of drumming, ideally. <laughs> it's a full drum kit, so I, I don't And know. there's a keyboard, look at that, there's a keyboard further over. Yeah. Do you know what I think will be happening on that? Running to standstill. That would be fantastic. Pretty good, wouldn't it? I was watching the ZTE version last night. And um, I'm not gonna say wetting myself, but uh, <laughs> but enjoying it. So there we have it. Vinny, so that's my that's my input. Getting very excited about you two. It's 2006. The band are predicted at 2010. We are four minutes away from the band that is called U2. Okay, we're minutes away from you two taking the stage. Actually, the later bit, and we're here with Noel Morrow and Amy Gibson. And what are you guys most looking forward to? Uh, I've been uh, a follower of this band for like 30 years. Wow. Uh, the first the first time I went to see these guys was actually in uh, 1986. Fantastic. Um, so this is like a... Was that the Unforgettable Fire Tour or the Joshua? It, it was actually in between um, the, the uh, Unforgettable Fire Tour. Uh, it was a, a charity gig they did in Ireland um, for... Um, some some shit excuse. It was like farm aid they called it. But was it a good gig? It, it, it was it was awful. Um, <laughs> but I, I traveled down with a friend to it because you two were headliner and um, that was my first U2 experience. 
uh, and yet you keep coming back for more. <laughs> I'm a big U2 fan. That, that was like, I missed out, just like I said, I just missed out on the um, Unforgettable Fire experience. Went to the self-aid stuff. Uh, weird experience, mad. And uh, I've seen them every time since, you know, me, me and my friend, Greg Gibson, uh, make, a, make a, 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 a big deal of going to see U2 every, every tour. Every tour. I think we have to cut it short because I think the band might be about to come to the stage. Yeah, I think they are, yeah. So they might cut us with Amy later on then. Oh, yeah. Here we go!
sometimes I feel like checking out. I wanna get it wrong. Can always be strong. So this is our final bit of the live gig record diary. We are in Caledonian Park and we're ready to turn in. So final thoughts on the evening. We've all had time to digest the gig, have a think about it, travel a fair way back. Tyler, your thoughts? Uh, I, I think this is the best time I've seen you two live. I've, I've just had a perfect day. I went watching you two with two of my best mates. They played my favorite song. Uh, it was a very emotional gig. I feel I feel right now very emotionally and physically tired after today. Um, but the band played U2. Uh, the band are U2. The band played um, Ultraviolet. And I, it came at a time in the set where I really wasn't expecting it. I thought that time had gone. Mm. And it just... Every part of my body was just tingling, like, you know, with goosebumps. And it was a very, very... I, unnatural feeling. I, I don't remember a time where my whole body has felt like that for a sustained period of time, and it was just very emotional because I didn't expect to hear that song again. So uh, great set. Loved hearing. Loved the the changes to the Joshua Tree songs, um, which were ch mixed up, re remixed a little bit. I would say just so that the Bono and the band found it a little bit easier to play. But it also didn't feel like they'd changed them unrecognisably. No, that was really good. They, they, they didn't cheapen any of the songs by the way they, they changed no. them. It was... There wasn't one there that I felt, oh, they've phoned that in or they've, they've, they've ruined that or they've toned it down. So that was that was really good. No, the, and, and the important thing to remember that like if, if you were, you know, are a U2 fan from the 80s and you bought a ticket to go and see the Joshua Tree live they're not the same band that they were in 1987 they are a different band they've aged in various ways they've grown in various ways and we got a really really strong representation of the Joshua Tree tonight Vinny your thoughts I think Tyler's done it all a lot of justice I thought it was excellent I was balling my eyes out at a few points and which points were they? Um, at one at Ultraviolet um so did we all I, shed a tear during Ultraviolet? Then? I did, yeah, I certainly did. I, I was... I, I, after Ultraviolet finished, I was going to turn around to you guys and go, wow, you know, and I was still kind of, like, really shaken up when I thought, no, I just can't do this because I'll start crying again. Mm. Um, that I think that's the first time at a U2 gig I've, I've properly, you know, shed a tear like that. It was very emotional, but that, that album, and I think U2, are very relevant in, in today's world. And, and they didn't... They didn't ham up the politics too much. No, no, I, I don't think they did. Um, I will say that overall, overall, I was underwhelmed rather than overwhelmed. Really? Right. Yeah, tonight. Really? Yes. Throughout. Um, overall, 
there were real highlights, absolute highlights, and as I said, shed a tear during a few songs actually. Miss Sarajevo, huge highlight for me. Um, Ultraviolet. Miss Syria, they called it. Well, tonight. yeah, but obviously that that song, and it, it was great, and that really got to me. Mm. But overall, the Joshua Tree start to finish, fantastic. I'm glad they did that. But apart from that, there weren't enough deep cuts, and I just feel like you two are grinding to a bit of a halt and that is what worries, worries no, but me like, like no. you said on the on a previous podcast we got the the, the the speciality was seeing the joshua tree album played live. yeah and they did it well so yes yeah. that so you got the deep cuts you got a trip for your wise you got one tree hill you got red hill mining town you got all those great songs you got exit and they played the hell out of exit um it i i think on in a few days time on reflection Maybe you know you weren't as in the moment, but I I thought you were very in the moment when they played bad. Yeah, no, well, yeah, that was amazing. But again, like that was one of the early songs, and it was brilliant, and it was great to hear that. But I just feel, I mean, I want I want forward momentum from them, and it was for everything that it was going to be, it was the best that it could have been. I they did justice to the Joshua Tree. They did really good songs, but I. I don't know. I wanted forward momentum, so for me, if it was one of the. But I think you're going to get that now. I think they've done this, um, and and you will get that on the next tour. And I'm really, well, I'm, I'm I'm excited. They've given me a lot of hope for the future, and hope is, um, in terms of a currency, I suppose there's not a lot of that going around these days, and I just feel kind of rejuvenated. I'm knackered, but I feel rejuvenated, yeah. uh, and I'm I'm. I, I I couldn't praise them more for tonight's gig. Well, also I, I I also feel I want to echo what you were saying about it's been a fantastic day with some of my best friends and meeting new people, new fans. That's been fantastic. So I'm just trying to collect my thoughts, and there was a little little jaggedy bit of grit in there for me. Yeah, I, I want to say thank you to everybody that let yeah. us interview them. Um, just hearing the stories of previous times going watching you two, I've said this so many times now on the podcast about how doing Review 2 has just opened up this U2 community to me and I, it was in full force it was and just abs- I have nothing bad to say about today no, nothing bad at well lots of call time in it and we'll see you later when we've had a little bit more time to reflect on the Joshua we'll, Tree we'll do a proper proper Review 2 review of this show yeah well that this is part of that Oh, oh, are we doing? Oh, right. So, cut to Johnny and Tyler in the future. Thanks, Johnny. Well, we're back and we're ready to record our formalised thoughts on the Joshua Tree 2017. Hello and welcome to season four, a special extra edition. Today, we'll be continuing our journey through the story of U2 Live. My name is Tyler. Here with me in the studio is Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Hello. We are two bespectacled U2 fans. We love talking about that too. We are your hosts, so let's get talking about it. Joshua Tree, 2017. Hmm. So, shall we begin, as we always do, with a look at the stats? This tour date begins on... Well, the tour began on the 12th of May, 2017. Apparently, it's going to finish on the 22nd of October. We all hope and pray that it will finish then and not just carry on forever. Um, It's got four legs, like a table... And there will be 51 shows in total. And, yeah, what, what, I mean, I've, there's not really much more we can talk about in terms of, in terms of stats. No, we've kind of done it. Oh, the, only, the only stat I want to question is um, 
that the size of that screen at the, at the Joshua Tree. Mm. Um, now I've heard that it's brand new, custom made, the biggest ever made, and is bigger than Pop Mart. I'd say it's comfortably hundreds of feet. Well, fair enough. That's an assumption we regularly make on review two. But from what you have seen of Pop Mart, does that screen look as big? I think the screen itself was bigger. It's certainly a, a lot more HD. You know, it's better quality. Yeah. And we'll obviously get on to... Do so you think the screen was bigger than the Joshua Tree? screen was bigger, but I think the illusion of the big McDonald's arch and the speaker system on Pop means that the entire thing looks bigger. That's interesting, right. I still think Pop looks bigger. Just purely in terms of the screen? Just in terms of the size, especially that Mexico... Um, show that's yeah that's massive I I, th- I mean just judging from the relative heights of the members to the screen yeah. and I'm pretty sure they've not shrunk that much no and I don't know why I care either but, um, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be bigger it was very impressive that screen mm. and for all you anoraks there is a video on YouTube where you can watch all of the um, the way that the screen was packed up and it's a nice little concept video of how the show actually well unboxes it's an unboxing of the concert it looks pretty cool to be honest yeah so anyone that you know doesn't know what we're on about we went watching you two a couple of weeks ago on the 7th of july well by this point they should know because you've just heard loads yeah, they, of us interviewing they, people they, they should they should uh myself and johnny traveled down along with Vinny, who was with us for the rattle and home episode mm-hmm. um we'll get into what we thought briefly um, but let's talk about gear. What are the, the what were the lads wearing? We're going to go on to the swag already. Okay. Um, I think they were quite conservative, to be honest. Overall, uh, who do you want to start with? Uh, first out, uh, yeah, first out, Larry. Yeah, slim, dark clothes, looking classic. He's Her effortlessly back, cool. Hurstly yeah. back. He's an icon. He's James Dean. He's everyone's favorite stylish drummer. He looked good, didn't he? He did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next out was Edge. Edge, I'd say also very standard. I mean, leather jacket, beanie hat, fair enough. However, did you notice his metal trousers? I noticed he had something on them, yeah. So, there's this was whole phenomenon... Like in them. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I mean, it's sort of a fusion of, yeah, the punk rock zip jean and, yeah. you know, those annoying pre-ripped jeans that you can get. Yeah. But they had chunks of metal embedded in them. For some reason, I thought they were really, really cool. It might be biased. I remember looking at them and not knowing what I thought about them. Uh, a couple of times in the gig, I was but like, for a pair ah. of trousers to evoke that response, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, su- I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah, I was a bit underwhelmed by by the edges get up. Uh, I I think he's the kind of guy that could have worn a cowboy hat and mm. paid homage a little bit and got away with it. Yeah, well, he's he's worn a cowboy hat and worn it well in the past. Yeah, particularly in Pop Mart. So. But I, I, metal trousers, I just thought they were great. Then out comes Bono. Bono next, yeah. yeah. Again, just if you just said what's the most bland thing Bono could wear, sort of a <laughs> denim jacket, some darkish pants. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's very standard. It's, it's very standard Bono, yeah. Should we save his Shadow Man get up for later on when we talk about Exit? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Adam Clayton. I think he wins. He wins this tour. Um, he, I think he does. I think he looks the most stylish, but he's 
nowhere near as stylish as I've seen him look in the last couple of years. And even in the past couple of months, he's been um, featured in a little topic on U2 Start um, called Boots and Kimonos. Um, so put in Adam Boots and Kimonos if you want to find it. Um, he's got these great big boots that he's wearing, these sort of punk rock boots with, I think with these sort of trousers tucked into them, but sometimes a full length you know, floral kimono on stage as well. It looks great. I mean, he's... He's the one with the most exciting clothing, I think, this tour. Yeah. Um, we've, we've skipped over a little bit. Um, the, the the support for the show... Oh, yeah. yeah. ...was uh, Noel Gallagher... Yeah. ...and his high-flying birds. Don't forget those. Um, I, I think they played a really good set. Yeah, it was a great set. The only thing I was slightly disappointed about is that I really wanted to see um, if I had a gun... Um, whereas that was sort of an instrumental to introduce them. Yeah. Um, apart from that, can't really ask for. I, I like Noel Gallagher. He's definitely not one of my you know all time favorite acts, and Oasis certainly aren't. But it was it was great. He was in very good voice, in a good mood. It seemed you know. Yeah, he was. Um, I I really enjoyed. I've I've never been a huge Oasis fan. Liam Gallagher annoys me more than any musician. I think <laughs> UB40 might have him. Uh, as the most annoying. Oh, I will say, to, uh, we're recording this in Burnage, so he might come round and duff you up. <laughs> Fair enough. There's only one of him. There's several of UB40. Well, they won't be round here, will they? Well, I hope not, but I don't like them either. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I thought Noel played a longer set list than supports normally do, mm. but the crowd really ate it up. He really got us going. Um, it, it was brilliant. I, I thought, what a great start to that day yeah and to that to that concert and he was very well dressed as well very sharp he looked great for 50 he really he really does like it's annoyingly good actually yeah like i think i said i said to you on the day uh, Noel gallagher's high flying birds they're only the band oasis could have been <laughs> all right alan um okay well shall we move on to discuss the the stage then i mean we talked about it a little bit just in terms of the pop mart thing yeah I've got to say, you were pretty much right, and I was pretty much wrong about this. In I the knew it. I, I, I knew it. That, that's of course what they were going to do. Well, I think you've been feeding, uh, you've been fed information from Willie Williams. I wish that was the case, because if I did know Willie Williams, I'd be sat here with him and not you. What in my house? That's not fair. <laughs> I'm just making the tea for you two. Not it's you. Very two. nice tea. Johnny Rogers making a uh, a brilliant brew. Again, I'm I'm so happy. Mm. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so what we mean by that is, if you go back to the Songs of Expectations podcast, we did make quite a few predictions about what the stage would look like, and you predicted that, well, part of your predictions was that the B stage would be like a, a Joshua Tree, essentially. Yeah. Which I thought it would be too complex to do that, but of course, you don't have to do every single stem and branch, do you? Nope. Now that's where I was very stupidly mistaken. So yeah. Ferdus, and it, you can only—we were obviously standing as we were, as we were very happy to. Well, actually, we'll get back onto that later because we've had disagreements about this. But just on this point, we couldn't see the stage properly um, from where we were standing. No, we couldn't. Right. Anyway, so watching videos online, you can see how there's this beautiful symmetry of the stop nodding your head like you were right all along, and the. The, the two Joshua trees kind of reflecting each other. It looked great. It worked really, really well. Yeah, if only we could have seen it. Huh? I, 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 I don't care. Do you remember the promise you made me on the day? The next time we see them, we'll, we'll sit down. 
And we'll go to Croke Park. I, I don't remember that promise, but okay, fine, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, That's, fine. That, you made me that promise on the day. Wait, are we going to stand... Because we're talking to a couple of the guys behind us, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, go to Croke Park, because they are always the best shows. Now, it's very exciting, because mm. uh, from the day of recording, this weekend coming, they're at Croke Park again. So I'm hoping to be able to watch a couple of those shows. Yeah. Um, see... How, you know what they pull out the bag for the hometown crowd. Yeah, imagine it might be a slightly extended set. That'd be quite cool. Um, uh, I, 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 how isn't Croke Park not massive though? Croke Park's pretty big. I've been outside it. I've not never been in it. So I'd be more happy in a the larger the venue, the more happy I, I am to I, to sit down. By the way, yeah, I don't think it's bigger than Twickenham. Oh, okay. I could be wrong on that, um, and I'm sure an anorak will tell us mm. exactly. Well, look, basically. If we go over to Ireland, then yeah, let's stand, let's let's sit. Yeah. But if they come to Manchester, which would be great, then I'd probably prefer standing overall. Well, so you've made me a promise. But I've I promised to and sit down And I am down the one, on one with the, the U2.com subscription, so I'm buying the tickets. Oh, fair enough. Actually, uh, fine, I don't care. Actually, yeah, that's okay. That's fine with me. I've I've stood at enough gigs. There these you go. Days. You heard it here first. The next time we see U2 live will be in Croke Park, in Ireland. No obligation from Johnny. Um, right, so, so you were right basically about your your predictions. Um, it, Does that annoy you? That you're right. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think because it because it works so well, it, it was great. Are there any other predictions you made? Because I had some stupid. I did make a prediction about... about the red screen, but I could never have predicted what they you know what they actually did with that screen. Yeah. Um, the cosplay. I said I would like to see a, a, a kind of cosplay, and I feel like I got that with Shadow Man. Yep. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, they definitely didn't do what I suggested about having like a really complex thing and like stripping it all down to the Joshua Tree. They actually kind of went the opposite way. But I guess we'll get into that when we get it's into the set. It's a very austere show. Yeah, definitely at the start. Any, yeah, well, actually, overall, I mean, that's the thing. It was it was simple and it was elegant, wasn't it? Really, the way yeah. that they did it. The set looked great. Um, that red screen obviously had a real big impact when it when it went on. And I suppose they didn't have the time. We, I think we've been spoilt with Innocence as well because how good that was in terms of them getting inside their actual lighting display and moving around the two levels, the big and the small. Yeah. That, that is great. We'll obviously get onto that eventually. But I think given the time, this was excellent. It was elegant. The only thing I'll say is I want something bigger than that for experience and I don't want them to say well we didn't have time to do that because we were doing the no, Joshua Tree I want tree. them to go back into arenas well yeah but I want them to do something not just big I want them to do something technically impressive as well and I don't know what that would be I mean they've done the claw they've done the innocence thing what are they going to do for experience I, you'd have to ask Willie Williams um, yeah. but he's never let us down yet I don't think no no true um, and if it could liken the elevation tour in some way then that would be pretty cool hmm spoilers little prediction mm. though. Um, um, is it time for the set list yeah this is where Tyler reads out the whole set list okay so I don't normally mention what song they uh, they, they come onto the stage with I know this as well but I thought this was a really because everybody knew mm. that the water boys had supported them on the first Joshua Tree tour Mm. For some shows, and I don't think all of them. Um, so you you had the Water Boys, the Hole of the Moon. 
which is a fantastic song. And, and I've been listening to the Waterboys since the show, mm. and they are really good. That I album actually as well. Out, I've, yeah. I've 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 downloaded a few other albums now. I like um, "Be My Enemy." That's really good. I I don't I just don't know them well Rather enough to tracks yet. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that was a that was such a great song to come on to because everybody started singing. They were pretty much mm. a fever pitch by the time that Larry Mullen Jr. walked on stage. Do you know what's good about that song as well? It's not a song... It's weird. It's like a song that everyone knows in the back of the mind. Mm. A lot of people will join in on the chorus of that song even if they don't know the, the start of it. But it's not one that's been played to death that you're like, oh, it's just, you know, that boring old... It's not Wonderwall, basically. <laughs> no, it's definitely not Wonderwall. So Larry Mullen walks down to the stage, to the B stage, which is the Joshua Tree, sits at a drum kit, which I hadn't seen because I was standing. Would have seen it if I was sitting. Um, what else would he be playing on? His knees? Well, I wondered where he was going at first. <laughs> Bye, Larry. Uh, so they start with Sunday Bloody Sunday, then New Year's Day, Bad, Pride in the Name of Love, onto the Joshua Tree with Where the Streets Have No Name, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, Wither Without You, Bullet the Blue Sky, Running to Stand Still, Red Hill Mining Town, In God's Country, Trip Through Your Wires, One Tree Hill, and Exit. Then Mothers of the Disappeared. <laughs> then onto the Encore with Miss Sarajevo, aka Miss Syria, Beautiful Day, Elevation, Vertigo, Happy birthday to Bono's daughter. Ultraviolet, Light My Way. One, Little Things That Give You Away. And finally, they bring Noel Gallagher back on stage for Don't Look Back in Anger. Mm-hmm. So that's the set. That's the set. And I at least got one prediction right. I said they'd play all of the Joshua Tree in its order. Or at least I think that's what I wanted. I don't know if it was a prediction. But they did do it. They didn't chop it up into different bits. No, they, they played it and it, it worked. They made it work. It did work, definitely. Um, Notice that apart from one, all the songs were played in chronological order. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the overall structure then, on a kind of macro level, is first bit, what got them to the Joshua Tree, then the Joshua Tree, and then... Well, the last bit is kind of just sort of a hodgepodge of both hits, and I guess there's overtones of feminism in there as well. I mean, that if there's going to be something that holds them together and some 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 bangers in the middle like elevation and vertigo well ultraviolet was dedicated to women and had all the you know the hmm. uh, various women popping up on the screen and we had miss sarajevo brackets well slash syria yeah um so i guess i mean it's not exactly it's not exactly a concept gig but there are certain links certain themes that that hold it all together, really. Yeah, I mean, I I really didn't see them coming out to Sunday Bloody Sunday. No, and we all got that completely wrong. Me, you, and V Man. Yeah. And I even said something stupid like, "I don't see what else they can do." Um, but we should have known from our own podcast they don't like playing streets in the brightness. Yeah. So that wasn't going to happen straight away. Or the daytime, as it's. Known. That's yeah. <laughs> no, there's a night and the brightness. The, the 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 brightness and the and the darkness is so, that, is sounds like I live in some sort of weird like young adult fantasy fiction. Sounds thing. like you live in the Stone Age. Mm. Um. Well, Sunday bloody Sunday. But would you have predicted if if someone had said, "Look, they definitely don't come out to streets." Would you have predicted Sunday I bloody Sunday? I think if you gave me a million pounds ten minutes before they played Sunday bloody Sunday and said. Okay, if you guess what song they're going to come on to, <laughs> you I can will, keep I'll, the I'll, million I'll, pounds. You can keep the million pounds. I think Sunday Bloody Sunday would have been one of the last songs I would have said. See, I, the thing is, I think it makes sense now, but I probably also yeah, wouldn't I have been able to it guess it. Yeah, it makes sense. So the rationale, I guess, is you need something that 
everyone knows that's classic. You can't really come out on a looking back tour to something that's really recent. So they obviously just couldn't come out with the same thing that they did on Innocence, which would be the miracle. Yeah. Um, which is a better opener um, than this. I mean, what did you what did you think about this as a as an opener? I thought it was great. Um, I was really in the moment. It's like yeah. I, I know how to react to Sunday Bloody Sunday. Mm. Um, one of the trickier things is when you're kicking off with newer material. You've not had so much time to let that sink in. Yeah, and you don't really know what's going to happen on stage but I felt confident that I knew what was going to happen mm. and how they were going to sing it how they were going to play it um, so all that's left for me to do is sing along mm. and enjoy it rather than say if if when we went to see uh, Innocence and Experience and Bono had to sort of lead that initial yeah, cry they, start, they? they started off with they, they like to start off with an elevation or uh, a miracle of Joy Ramone something where there's a big uh, chorus bit, yeah. a lot of O's or something like that, but that wasn't that's not needed with Sunday Bloody Sunday because every man and his dog knows it. Well, I think we've been trained as fans to know what bits we're going to do, you know. So we even bits that have been embellished and have grown into the song live that weren't on the record, we now know how to to do. So it does yeah. it makes complete sense, and it's also a simple song. You don't need anything but the four key elements to play that song. But the beauty of playing it is playing that song live is that it really brought me into the moment I felt completely comfortable mm. from that point on because I, I knew, okay, this is... They're doing what they do best. They're not trying out new songs. They're not trying out new mixes. Okay, mm. you can argue that they did that later on, mm. but they're not, they're not trying to convince us that this new stuff is great. Yeah. I know this is great because it's Sunday Bloody Sunday and it's been around for 30-odd years. Yeah. And the roar of the crowd as soon as Larry like started the the beat, yeah, it's perfect really for for that kind of thing. If you'd asked me, would I have wanted that to open? I would have said definitely not. But yeah. it it works really well. And my only little critique is that uh, they they would have sorted the entrance out a little bit better because Larry came out to do the drums, Edge came out with his guitar, then Bono came out, and Adam's just kind of skulking at the back, you know. <laughs> and I have a video of this. I don't know if I've shared it. I think I have shared it on on Twitter actually. Um, Adam's just following Bono waiting for his bit to begin so I think they could have built that up a little bit better mm. but if it gets the band out in front of the crowd yep. and performing music then it's a very small criticism I think considering that they had that trapdoor with the piano that comes up Bono should have been stood on the piano and emerged from the bottom butt naked what, what, where did that come from? waving a white flag <laughs> That's we stepped into an odd part of your psyche there. <laughs> All right, well, moving on swiftly to New Year's Day. Um, the I, only th- I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to swear on this podcast, but please do because it's difficult for me to edit that. <sighs> G, it G whiz, that G, was. Um, G whiz. I, I love just. I didn't get this the first time round when we were doing the albums, but when we've been doing the live stuff, every time they play uh, New Year's Day, they absolutely knock it out of the park. Mm. And I thought, yes, this is great. Such a strong start to a gig. Sunday, Buddy Sunday, uh, New Year's Day. What else? What else have you have you got for me? Then mm-hmm. maybe those are two standard songs, you know, to hear at a U two gig. But do you normally get both of them? Hmm. Um. I don't know. Maybe. I. 
I, I have a problem with it sounding a bit too much like a best of at this point, to be honest. Like that's my, that's my issue, really. Um, I will say Bonner's voice was in full force. That's the main thing I've got written down for this. And I've oh, gone yeah. back and looked and looked at the at the gig um, because people have nicely, you know, uploaded it on on YouTube. He's really putting a shift in, which is which is great. I suppose mm-hmm. if you are going to do best of material, don't just come out and do you know boring versions of it or half-hearted versions or let the crowd just do all the work so yeah Yeah. but nothing to say about it i mean there's not nothing nothing happened yeah uh next up bad yeah um i got a bit teary here third song in which is pathetic you see i was still full of the adrenaline you know like this is this is great i'm sitting i'm watching you too i'm with my friends uh, and, and so when they play bad, yes, I'm really, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in a great mood to enjoy this and to hear this. And mm. have we heard it once before live? See, you always ask me questions like yeah, this, yeah. and I find I, it really I, stupid if I if I don't know. I don't think they have played it for us before. The the, the issue is as well. We've done so much going back and listening to yeah. stuff. I don't actually know what I've heard and what I haven't. <laughs> but the th- the thing is with with that song is even if you have heard it before. It's still a really rare track for them to play. I imagine there's mm. a lot of people that have been to watch U2 several times and still not heard bad. Yeah. So it's it's still a rare Pokemon card to put in your collection, I suppose. <laughs> I reckon it's uncommon, not rare, if we're going to go by Pokemon delineations. Rare would be like Luminous Times or... I don't know. Okay, so it's not a shiny. Yeah, well, a shiny would be like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would a shiny be? I guess Red Hill Mining Town before this tour would have been a, a shiny. Or Acrobat or something. I yeah. don't know. This analogy is probably going to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like an ultraviolet is a shiny, but it's like... It, it's getting to be one of the you know more popular shinies, the ones that everyone... Like a... Like a Venusaur? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So we've had, I mean, we've had a common, a common, an uncommon... Well, let's not carry this on. Let's have a look for this. We just lost half our audience. Um, all right, so yeah, I got I I got a little bit teary in this straight away. I I mean, it's it's such an uh, an emotive song. Heroes was great in it as well, and I think that was actually what sort of maybe um, really kicked this off. It's it's such a good. You two are very good at building in snippets to the songs. I mean, frankly, nicking other people's relevant melodies. snippets to yeah. that audience that night. Yeah, that's true. And they don't just... Yeah, I mean, that's good that they don't just do the same thing all the time. The crowd... I noticed here, this is where the the crowd really absolutely... There's not really a word to describe it. And I've seen on a lot of videos people complaining that the American audiences were just not the same as the as the European ones. That might be absolute rubbish. It might be prejudice or whatever. But the but crowd think, made this. I think over here, um, we feel sometimes that we've lost you two to America. So I think we do appreciate them, you know, in in a much bigger way. Think of how many shows they play over here compared to how many shows they play in America. Yeah, it's it's really weighted towards the Americans. Yeah, it, you're more likely to see you two in America than you are over here. Yeah, uh, in the in the UK. So it's kind of it, it's kind of like it's more every day to them. And I yeah. feel like Bono, uh, I felt at various points in the show, Bono felt like this was, no pun intended, a sort of homecoming for him. Mm. And the important thing about putting heroes in there, I imagine if you're a, a U2 fan of a certain age, then you would have discovered the music of Queen 
and uh, and David Bowie before you got to the music of U2. Mm. For us, it was the opposite way around. We discovered U2, and then we thought, oh, who are, the, who are these guys' influences? Well, they've got the Ramones, they've got the Clash, there's bits of David Bowie in there, mm. and Joy Division. Um, and funnily enough, we split right down the middle, because I went more with Joy Division and David Bowie, and you went more with the Ramones and the Clash. Broadly speaking, yeah. I don't dislike those bands, by the way. No, no, but just out of our personal preferences, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how that works out. And you like Queen more than me. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, like, when you when you consider that David Bowie died last year in a very artistic way, bring out an album and die the next day, mm. uh, that's... I just feel like that's still pretty fresh. Yeah, the, there, was, there was a little sliver of that in the in that Heroes yeah. tribute. I think that's what really got through to everyone. Yeah, so it's um, you know paying homage to to David Bowie, eighteen months after you know he passed away, mm. and I just thought so it was it was so fitting to be there in London, and to have that tribute and and it must have been a special moment for for Bono and and the and the guys because they were fans of David Bowie, and, yeah. and knew David Bowie I believe. Yeah, I can't imagine how those uh, social occasions would have gone with with David Bowie and Bono. Can't really imagine them liking each other, but on a personal level, why, 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 do, why, why I, not? I, I and I think I'm just judging them from those celebrity images. They seem like two people that could either really hit it off, on, you know, maybe one good night, mm-hmm. but most of the time when they meet each other, probably not going to get along that well. And I think they were actually pretty good friends, but that's just my assessment <laughs> of how the personas are perceived. Okay, fair enough. I'd, I'd have, I, I mean, I can't really comment on that because I, I don't really know. Um, they must have collaborated on something. They were both on the. Uh... Wait, didn't Bowie come out at one point on on stage for them at some point? Or the opposite way around. I don't think I've seen any footage of that. I might be thinking of Arcade Fire. <laughs> yeah, Arcade Fire and, and Bowie did something. They did wake up. But. Yeah, I was going to go into a really interesting point. You've made me lose lose my train of thought, though. Do I need to get the Monty Python intermission? No, music no, out? no, no. It's fine. We'll leave it. It might it might come back to me. But yeah, it was it was really fitting. It's it did seem like a bit of a homecoming. Bono seemed very happy to be mm. uh, on on British soil again. Yeah. Uh, and Bad was, well, you felt the emotion. You you shed a tear. I'm sure you weren't the only one. No. Um, I just loved. Being able to sing that, and if you yeah. did the the three sixty and looked around the stadium, there wasn't a person sat down, mm. there wasn't a person not singing. It was. I, I don't know what I expected from the Joshua Tree, but when I was there, I felt like I got everything I wanted, and I felt that mm. three songs in. Well, the thing that I really wanted is something you've mentioned a couple of times, which is a sort of homecoming. Now. I'm not saying I wanted to take Bad out of there, definitely not, because that, that's been switched, I think, six times at this point with a sort of homecoming where they've been doing an arrangement of it. Um, and it's really it's really annoying because I've, I've listened to the version, you know, just YouTube versions of it. It's in a new arrangement. It's got some really interesting synthesizer, and it's fantastic. I love it. Um, so I would recommend anyone who's not heard that yet to check it out. I'm just sad that it wasn't there because I've waited my whole life really to hear, not my whole life, you know, my whole U2 life, whatever the hell that means, um, to hear that. But then instead we get pride. Um, I thought we were going to get Unforgettable Fire. 
That would have been pretty amazing. <clears throat> I, I really thought, okay, they're not in America now. They don't need to play Pride in the Name of Love. Mm. Um, getting closer to a hometown crowd. But they played it. It wasn't a bad version. I sang along. Mm. And it's not that I hate Pride. It's just that I'm <laughs> bored of hearing it. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple of people on Twitter have been picking me up on my disdain for Pride. And... Look, Pride is a fine song. I just think it needs to be left in 1985 for a bit. Yeah. 1984? 1984. Yeah. But I also think, don't bother defending yourself. It's your opinion. You can't be wrong about your opinion. <sighs> no, but a lot of people really... Like, we spoke to George, and George really likes Pride. And it's... It's... I, I'm just bored of hearing it. But I think it... Well, yeah, yeah. Give it a rest for, for one tour. I, I think maybe the reason why it was played and it, why it couldn't be taken off there is because London Pride was occurring around about the same time. So it does fit in in that way. Let's just say, we're talking about two very different prides. Yeah, we're, we're not anti-pride. Pride means something very different in 2017. I marched in the uh, the, the Prague um, Pride Festival. It was, a, it was a real highlight of that, of that holiday. We carried a massive uh, rainbow flag. It was great. But anyway, back to Joshua Tree. It's a good transi- tra- ah, It's a good transition, though, isn't it? Unlike that link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm not re-recording it. That's the, way it's, that's the way it's standing. It was a good transition. So what they go into now? Uh, they walk up the stage, up the B stage, mm. to the massive screen, which hasn't been put into use yet. It lights nope. up red, apart from the shadow of the Joshua Tree. And I guess just before we jump into the Joshua Tree, it's really important that they've not used that yet. No. They've just been focusing on the elements that got them to the Joshua Tree. Yeah. It's all about the music, which, as we've said on the earlier episodes, check them out if you've not had a look at them, um, you two actually keep things pretty simple. Mm. Uh, it's almost chalk and cheese when they when they do that flip over, to be honest. Um, but sorry, yeah, so the screen goes red. Bono raises his hand. Yeah, they all, all four of them stand in front of the red screen, just at the side of the, the shadow of the Joshua Tree. And they create a very nice silhouette. You'll have seen those images around the internet because mm. every every night they do this, there's more and more images. And it is cool. Mm. It does look... There wasn't a moment of, oh, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, it was you amazing. Know, it was, man, this is great. I had seen it and I was still... So it hit me completely, hundred percent. So street starts to starts to play as you as you know, a pretty long, pretty epic intro. But by the time Bono is ready to burst out, I want to run. The screen turns into a road, mm, a highway, and this is when you start to see the screen in its its full majesty. Mm. That was that was HD. That wasn't just HD. That was the highest know, D. Poke you in the high. Uh, HD. <laughs> Did you mean to say hi then? No, I said poke you in the eye. Well, HD. Look who, look who, ah, <laughs> right, let's just forget about this. I'm going home. <laughs> what were you trying to say? I was going to say <laughs> you did a bad transition as well. Um, and then Streets kicks off, and the 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 plane, but it looks like the the go the reversing down a road, I suppose. Well, they're going down a road. No, because. The screen's going that way. Oh, yeah. This isn't helpful to people listening to the podcast. Mm. The screen's going that way, and the band are facing this way, so they would be reversing down the road. Well, I get maybe reversing it's... Reversing if... down the road, fear was all I knew. <laughs> I guess it's a view from like the back of a um, 
a tour bus or something like that. But it's I think it's Anton Corbin footage as well. I mean, it's It'll still be reversing. I'm not disputing the reversing. I'm just saying <laughs> it's 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 really beautifully shot. Essentially, yeah. It's I don't know how much it would have cost them to get that footage, but it's and make it that big. It's just mm. so good. And they occasionally pass like drifters, don't they, as they go down the road yeah. and things like yeah. that. So it gives you this feeling of the band are young again the and america just like the screen is sort of opened up and become yeah. huge to them and that's thematically it works perfectly you know um yeah nothing I, to say in, in no i don't i that. don't remember having any criticism about the song i think i was just screaming my heart out and just it was better enjoy, actually than just enjoying it it was better because of the weight that was added to it by it being the joshua tree i think yeah. streets much as i love it because it's such a staple and because the the good versions of it are so good. Occasionally, can be underwhelmed. I was probably underwhelmed in, yeah, in the innocence when, when talk. Yeah, because when you listen to the record um, of Joshua Tree, you get that song first, and first and uh, first and foremost, you're excited about hearing that song and hearing that build up. Mm. But, but also, once you get past that, you're excited about hearing the other songs on there as well. Mm. You're excited about actually listening to the full album. Yeah. So wh- when they are playing the full album like they did, just. You don't really get the album experience in a live setting. The kind of normally mm. polar opposites, but it wasn't on this night. It wasn't on this tour. No, and they, I did it really well. So we... <laughs> no need to run through the rest of the playlist for for now, but we will do. No. Still haven't found what I'm looking for, and I remember turning to you and going, "Good God, I hope they haven't got a choir," and. Thanks God, they didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't looking forward to a kind of rattle and hum version of it. Um, I, apart from the fact that the bass sounded really good, really chunky, I don't really have anything to say. It was still still haven't found. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a good song. I think people are going to have to bear with us that if there wasn't something a bit different or a retake or something like that. I don't know what we're gonna say. Oh, did you do you remember Edge hitting a few bum notes in one in I think it was Sunday Bloody Sunday? Even when I've listened back to it, I've noticed that it's not a hundred percent. But that's yeah, that's fine because it was the no, energy. No, I, 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 I'm not a criticism. I just noticed that he's just walked you know out on onto stage in front of I think a hundred and ten thousand people. Is that how many it was? Uh, that's what Tw- Twickenham can hold for a concert. Mm. So, um, you know. Maybe nerves got to the edge. Well, there were. I mean, I know that there were "quote unquote" empty seats on the sides, but that's obviously because you, you can't sell yeah, a ticket to someone who can't actually see the show. Yeah, I think the only people you could sell tickets to were people like us, really. I'd sit there if if that was the only way I'm watching the show. I would sit there. Yeah, I guess so. Sort of perpendicular. Yeah. You just ask the guy sitting next to you, like, what's 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 going on there? Have a word with William Williams. Uh, Will, William Williams and <laughs> hang from the ceiling. Ce- ceiling, ceiling. <laughs> Do carry on. <laughs> what is in that tea? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, okay, so with or without you, uh, Bono and Great Form, but weird to hear it this early on. I thought that. Yeah. The show sort of dictates, I suppose, that you've got to play it in the order, and we're not used to seeing with or without you without it being pitch black, really, you know, and dark. Uh, and didn't really annoyed me. Right, we're listening to this on July the 6th. It's been an absolutely beautiful summer's day. And Bono, at the end of With or Without You, doesn't do the Shine Like Stars on Summer Nights bit. I'm getting confused now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I started to... My mind started playing one then. Stupid mind. Um, 
and I thought, well, if it was raining, you'd have sung it. It's and it's it's what do you want? It's it's perfect, and you didn't do it, and I don't know why you didn't do it. I've got a theory because that isn't on the album. Well, case closed. Well, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I still think it would have been better with it or without it. <laughs> quality, Johnny. Quality. Right, here we go. Um, so, and then Edge. Gets out the distortion, and we've got Bullet the Blue Sky. I I, I really enjoyed it. I, I always like hearing Edge do a nice heavy version of it. It seemed different, yeah. It seemed heavy. Did Bono have his torch? Yep, he got that out. It's some really like classic rattle and hum moves. Um, one other thing that was really cool during this show is when they were doing the black and white on Bono's face. Um, his John Lennon glasses, which have split opinion, you know, these little round things. Um. They looked really cool during Bullet the Blue Sky. Almost like sort of... Uh, you get that effect in anime quite a lot when you're a character with um, little round glasses and they just go completely white. That was cool. Yeah. You can see that... I mean, not that that much different happened with, with it, though. No, uh, that that was fairly standard. Um, I, think, I think it was a good version. I think I did enjoy it. I didn't hate it. There was nothing, really, that I disliked in the show. Um... But yeah, I don't think anything extraordinary happened happened for us to elongate talking about Bullet the Blue Sky. No, um, I mean obviously the America um, stuff gains a certain potency, but I think again because they're trying to do we're playing the album, they didn't want to extend it too much. One huge, huge plus about this song, and I didn't know if it was going to happen, and very, very glad it didn't. Donald. Trump's stupid orange face did not show yeah. up on that magnificent screen, yeah. and thank God that it didn't happen. Well, we'll come to that later on as well because there's there's a there's a point where where we where Trump almost shows up but doesn't. And again, I'm totally in agreement with you. That's great. I, I was so worried that that Donald Trump's face would be on there. Yeah. Um, but we'll come back to that later on. Um, running to standstill. I noticed that despite this being running to standstill. We had Adam Clayton sitting still. Was he? Yeah, he was sat on the side of the um, on the side of uh, the bit where Larry, Larry's kit is. And I thought, come on, Adam. That must have been one of the rare times that I took my eyes off Mr. Clayton throughout the whole show. Right, it was either in this or the next song, but he was definitely sat down playing his <laughs> bass at, at some point. Um, it, it was a lovely version, and I was glad to get to hear it. Um, yeah, it really was good. This, that's. I mean, we're, we're not. It's difficult to do yeah. our jobs here, isn't it? Yeah, really? it really is because we we not so that we get paid. Plus, we've watched it once. You know, it's not as if we've been able to go back and, yeah. and rewatch bits of this. Um, I think I think I was a bit emotional in this, and I know we've seen it before, but I didn't. I don't know. I I kind of never expected to see it again. It's on Vertigo, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's. I, I really love the song. I love the piano in it. It's so, so powerful. And so it's, it's just a treasure to hear live. Mm. And, and I think the same when we, that we said with Streets, that song has more power when it's played with the Joshua Tree. Yeah. So no complaints there from Running to Stand Still. Then yeah. we go to Red Hill Mining Town. Now, I wondered how they were going to play this. Mm, as did I. Uh, because they've obviously just brought out the, the the single, uh, a, a new remix by Steve Lillywhite, 
slightly re-recorded in, in parts, other bits just turned up. Um, but they changed it around again for the live show. No, no I, I'm not going to criticise Bono for not being able to sing this song because it's 30 years on, and mm. I, I think there are very few singers in the late 50s that can sing the songs that they write in the late 20s. But yeah. they, they, what they performed was a very good and very acceptable acceptable version of that song. I have no criticism about them changing the arrangement around and you just making it a little bit easier for for Bono. Mm. You want it's better doing that and performing it well mm. than trying to perform it the original way and completely effing it up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's actually what I've been looking for um pun not intended throughout this performance of the Joshua Tree because I've wanted slightly different versions to be honest of, of some of the ones that we've heard I, I mean I, I just think it was a great arrangement I, yeah. I, I thought that showing the band as well that all the horns there kept it really rooted we mentioned earlier that Bono felt it was a bit hypocritical to be singing a song that's so much to do with you know poverty and things like that when he's a billionaire but I felt that that kept it quite rooted um and you could tell that the crowd had been waiting to hear this. I don't know how many people we spoke to early on and probably annoyed with our yeah. questions. Um, pretty much the same question that we asked uh, over and over again. What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? Um, a lot of them said this. So yeah. it was good. Um, I actually had written down here a question. Do you think Bono did it justice? I think he did. I, I have actually rewatched this on YouTube. It's not perfect, but it's great. Absolutely. Like I've, I've been preparing myself for to read articles where critics are slating the band for doing this because this wasn't the only song that they did it on. But they, they did it the only way they could. Mm. And they did that really, really well. And if you wanted to hear the original version uh, of Red Hill Mining Town, and you went to see this tour. Well, you bought the wrong ticket, the wrong ticket, and mm. you bought it thirty years too late. Well, actually, you didn't because they didn't play it a lot on the on the first yeah, tour exactly, right? yeah. anyway. So, but if you want to hear the album version, stay at home and listen to the album. That's mm. not going to affect me. I want to hear the the songs live. I want to see how they mm. interact with each other. How they uh, they they arrange the song. Edge on piano, which was interesting. Yeah, just but fantastic. Definitely be on the guitar. And I got, especially when the brass starts to really, you know, yeah. pound in, I got chills. And I, I really just, wow, this is this is great. Wouldn't be the last time that I got chills at this gig, but it was just like this start of something inside mm. me, which is, uh, oh my God, this this is just the best thing I've ever seen. And it really, really worked. And Bono interacting with the audience, and again, f- he looked like he was in a good mood. He looked like he knew he was going well. Mm. Uh, and not to create too many spoilers, but that was not the case when we saw the Innocence and Experience tour. You don't think? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, let's let's keep quiet about that. Actually, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, so then we get an introduction from Bono talking about how a landscape can change in a town, in a person, or in a country, and then he talk, and then he you know, in God's country starts. That, that's what he said. That that's a quote from that I took down today from having to watch some of the YouTube clips. Well, I remember I remember him saying that, and I remember when he said how a landscape can change in a person, and I just thought that's really interesting. Mm. A really interesting way to you know to to describe someone having a change of heart or a change of mind. Mm. So yeah, like he I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you've reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he can come out with some 
awful kind of simplifications and cliches Bono sometimes and these big statements that sort of fall short but I think that's a really good one I'm thinking about things that you know kiss the future and stuff like the future needs a big kiss future needs a big kiss no 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 um, well, that's an exclusive review to remix of Get On Your Boots. <laughs> um, I've decided as well, and you can... Car going off outside, that's annoying. And then it stopped once I brought it up. I've decided this is officially the coolest song on the Joshua Tree. What, Red Hill Mining Town? No, In God's Country. Oh, In God's Country. Yeah. I can't think of it. I'm being very specific. The coolest song. Not the best, mm. not the most epic. It's, it's one of those that... Again, I didn't expect to hear. So it was, it was just this wow fact all the way through, like this show. I was just like, I think you can be pretty sure that by the time we got to halfway through the album, no, I knew. I obviously I knew, but there's that. You kind of yeah, don't believe disbelief, it. Until, yeah. You don't believe it until it's happening. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, um, and I didn't think it was a song that I wanted to hear. See, I, this has always been a massive highlight for me. But the thing is, think of how that song starts. It starts with Edge doing brilliant guitar work it's really interesting whereas you don't necessarily have a hook straight away the chorus only kicks in later on for this song so yeah i wonder if they knew if they'd have left like the back end of the joshua tree alone for as long as they did if they realized how how big a song like that would be with mm. the crowd when, when you know when the crowd sweet the sweet love like a drug in god's country yeah and everybody's singing that, the power of that. And, and and I suppose unless you've been to see them on this tour, then you, you won't really know what I'm on about. Mm. Um, because I thought maybe those songs sound better with an acoustic guitar, you know, in, in private. But it's not. It's just not the case. No. They wrote an album full of great stadium rock songs. It's, it's an epic album, isn't it? In and the best Bono sense of the said, word. It just took them 30 years to realise that they knew how to play them. Like, I think he said they were scared of them for a long time. Well, I think he introduces the second side. I might be getting this wrong of this gig, you know, the second side of the Joshua no, Tree by right. saying they, are, they didn't really know how to approach it. So, yeah. And the and the neon Joshua Tree that, I mean, the simple, simple effects that are being used here, but amazing. It works really well. They yeah. didn't overcomplicate this. No, they really didn't. Um, what was the song... Were Bono's flirting with? <laughs> I think we're coming up to that point. Because, oh, oh, we're not there yet. Well, "Trip for Your Wise" is the next song, and that is where we get uh, Morley Steinberg, uh, Mrs. Edge. Um, yeah, she's up. aged very well, hasn't she? I would she, agree. Um... Yeah. And she's painting the stars and stripes, and then dancing with a lasso in a bikini with the American stars and stripes. This is it. this is where I began to uh, began to. Uh, really see the band having fun uh, because Bono, like Bono does, was flirting with the video package of Molly Steinberg, mm. Mrs. The Edge Two, uh, painting mm. um, a, a house with the with the stars and stripes, and she's in a very nice stars and stripes bikini with some low fitting and tight fitting denim jeans. Back into this world. Um. Right. So. Um, but you you see that, and I think he said something to the edge, and I remember just you know just thinking that is something I would do if I was on stage mm. with my best mates in a band, and one of the misses was up there, you know, yeah. da- dancing around. There's no way I'm not going to be able to comment on yeah, that. Yeah, he sort of semi put his foot in it, but it was sort of okay. Yeah, but but it's funny because it's it's harkening back to Zoo TV, 
Yeah, absolutely. In that way, but in a really subtle way. But he didn't stop there. I don't know if it was at the start or at the end of this song where he then turns to Adam. Yeah. Uh, and says, how's your missus? <laughs> I, hear, I hear you're expecting. Yeah. Which everybody has taken as the truth that Adam and his wife are mm. now expecting a child. Yeah. But I really thought Bono was joking. It would be bad if she told him in confidence, wouldn't it? No, but because I could see Bono, Adam, and Larry. Mm. And when Bono said this to Adam, Mm. and Adam's face kind of looked a bit confused, Mm. Larry burst out laughing. (laughs) As if Larry knew what he was was doing. He was just winding him up. So I've seen articles that Adam Clayton and his, his wife are now expecting. But I don't know if that's a joke that Bono has played on everybody. And the way it played out at the show, and I had a very good view of this... I think that that Bono deliberately did that to embarrass Adam. This is some mad inspector kind of. Um, but I, just the way I saw it, yeah, I don't believe Adam's wife is actually pregnant. I think Bono just said that to get a reaction out of Adam, just and, and just from the way that Larry reacted. Well, I think it's more probable that that she is expecting. Well, if if that's the case, that that is you know that that's fine, and I'm very happy for the Claytons. <laughs> But I think it's better the way I saw it. It's an odd prank to play, though, isn't it? It is an odd prank, but can you not see me doing something like that? Just saying something stupid, <laughs> just to, just to get a, a, a cheap laugh, a cheap reaction here or there. <laughs> I guess so, and I think I see I see what you're saying about it. it the band looked really comfortable here. They yeah. didn't look uncomfortable at any point before this, but yeah, they're having a bit of a, a joke and a laugh. Well, we've talked about a lot about choreography, mm. and I don't doubt that in the in the in the stage notes, it's Bono will say something here before you know going into the next song. Mm. But I really, I, I just think you got a good a great sense of the dynamic between the band mm. and a little behind the curtain look of the real relationship there. Yeah, it was a very human moment. That's definitely true, yeah. and it fits for this song as well because I think this is one of the most human songs on uh, Joshua Tree. It's mm. less. Um, sort of austere or epic it's 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 quite friendly and human so that that works yeah um also happy birthday uh being sung for eve hewson and someone else he said it's for baby someone as well so there must be another adam clayton's baby relative of the band well that was a short pregnancy one song if it, oh, right, if it was yeah. Adam Clayton's baby. Oh yeah, it's only just been announced. Hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, then we move into One Tree Hill, and I thought this was really interesting because when I've gone back to look at this, Bono, um, you can tell he's still in kind of a good mood from Trip Through Your Wires, and then he realizes he's got to sort of click into explaining that this song is all about the death of Greg Carroll, their great friend um, from New Zealand, and. There's just a have a look back. I mean, obviously, it's just this night that that this happens. But um, Bono just goes ah, and then touches his. He puts his hand to his chest, and you can tell it's him switching gears, thinking, "Oh, this is actually a song that really gets me." Still, you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't think that's BS from Bono when he's talking about how much he has to inhabit songs and how much he actually cares about the people that they're about. Yeah, I think that's a moment where you can see. He really does care about this. And there's a reason why they don't play One Tree Hill all the time. And he went for it, and it's a fantastic version. It's great. Yeah, that... Again, so much of this show had to be seen to be appreciated. Yeah, and Um, I'm really looking forward to a DVD. Yeah, that... Which I'm not reviewing. That kind of took my breath away. Mm. Just the effort. I didn't didn't think Bono still had that in him. Mm. And 
I think it takes a song like like One Tree Hill or a song like maybe Every Breaking Wave where mm. Bono just really has to get into that emotion and yeah and 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 make the the song true to how it was written. And, and yeah, you can't tree... phone it in if it's about a friend that's died, has it? You can't just no. be like, oh, we'll just we'll go into second gear for this one. Yeah, One Tree Hill just just sounded so good. Mm. It's another point where I just like just felt, am I? Is this real? Am I actually seeing this? <laughs> it it's so it's such a strange gig in a, in a lot of ways. Um, but after after One Tree Hill, Bono makes a little exit, uh-huh. and Shadow Man comes on. Well, just before that, if I can cut in briefly, okay, we have a clip from a, and obviously I didn't know this at the time, um, a clip from a 1950s Western show called Trackdown. Okay, so in the clip, there's this guy who comes into a little local village, and he's saying that there's a coming apocalypse, but that he can build a wall to protect everyone <laughs> of, the, of the villagers, oh, yeah. and he's called Trump in the actual TV clip. It's crazy. They must have been so happy when they found this clip, because he's he's not like they've dubbed it on like you know. Yeah. And the I Simpsons where he goes, Mister Black. No, it's Trump. That's his, that's the that's his name. Yeah. And and then there's someone in the crowd um, who's saying you're a liar, Trump. And then another one of the villagers who's obviously been taken in by Trump's propaganda says says oh shut up you you know that kind of thing in some sort of 1950s way showing that um, that ability to be diversive and to promote aggression and things like that so a yeah they must have been really happy to bring this clip in to find this um this clip that fits so perfectly but huge sigh of relief i think from both of us as we were saying before we didn't have to see trump's stupid face polluting the joshua tree no thank god exactly so they could they could be true to the song anyway so shadow man comes in and to anybody that does like support trump or likes trump that that's fine uh is kind of a pride in the name of love thing i'm just sick of hearing about him and seeing him um <laughs> I, I i liked him when he was just a wwe hall of famer and occasionally turned <laughs> up on raw or something like that but every time you turn your tv on now you see like you're seconds away from seeing Trump. Mm. Anytime you go on Facebook, someone's complaining about something he's done. Mm. It's like, and and in a way, I do feel sorry for sorry for him because no matter what he does, there's just public outrage now. It's just that it's the norm. Mm. No matter what he does, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's a a Trump headline. You know, Trump gets out of bed and puts on slippers, and people are like, oh my god, what's he doing? Why you you have to have you bare feet out when you get up yeah, in but the, the problem is he would have live tweeted about it and be like <laughs> my slippers they're the greatest it's the best I can't believe I've never put slippers on like this before great you know that kind of thing <laughs> And then I forgot how good your Trump was <laughs> but and then he probably insults uh, people of many ethnicities and genders anyway right so so Shadow Man do you want to describe Shadow Man I don't really of all Bono's characters Shadow Man's the one I, I, I know the least but I think he's a murderer <laughs> Isn't um, he? Well, he's a Western. Uh, he looks a bit like a a sheriff or a, a cowboy. I think he looks a bit more like a sort of um, like he looks like a preachery kind of person, doesn't he? I mean, I suppose people imagine dressed... a Western Undertaker in in like thirties mm. films. Things like that's what he looks. Well, thank God of... he didn't use the Undertaker's entrance because he would never have come back for about half an hour. Donald Trump did. Before he was president, he went on to... Uh, You've an, just been complaining about... I know, he went on to an Trump. American talk show. I think it was the, the Fallon show. 
and he came out to the Undertaker's theme music. Now, for non-wrestling fans, the Undertaker is an undead wrestler that has... I can see that this this makes you so happy as all. He's finally is, talking about wrestling is, on review. He's been around for for about thirty years, about the same time as the Joshua Tree, and he. And Donald Trump thought it would be a good idea to use this guy's theme music to come onto a talk show. He <laughs> should have done that at his inauguration. It would have captured the mood. It beggars the belief that he that it, that, that happened, but. It's a crazy, crazy world we live in. What are we talking about? Is it the Joshua right, so Tree? Yet? Shadow Man, yeah. I, th- I think, essentially, he. he I, d- I don't know. If it's a character that Bonner's getting into for exit, then yes, it seems to have something to do with someone who feels either murderous or suicidal. And the thing is, I realised that on the Joshua Tree review, I came across probably quite negative on this song um, overall. I still think it's probably the weakest song off the Joshua Tree. Again, that's because the rest of them are ten out of tens. Yeah. Exit is slightly less than that. Mm. So it's I I really like Exit. It's fantastic live as as we saw. Um but this made more sense, I think, because I, I'm not taking the song literally here. I'm not saying, oh, this is a song about a killer. Because of that Trump introduction and because of the hands at the front that said love and hate on them, I think it's more to do with the fact that Bono was trying to make a comment on we have potential, and again these are big themes, big wide ideas, we've got potential to love, we've got potential to hate, we can build bridges or we can build walls, that's the choice to make. And that's what the song was more about, it's it's more about that global idea of do you want to be aggressive and nationalistic in a, in a in the worst kind of way, or do you actually want to build connections with people and love people? And that's about it. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I got from the song, and I prefer it live in that figurative sense than it's a song about a murderer. It was really good live. It, um, Edge I, went for it as well. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it until a couple of months ago I watched Rattle and Hum, mm. the DVD, and I just wow. You, you just sit there and go, how how have they... Even, they've played this song, they know how, how well it goes down. How have the band forgotten about this song? Mm-hmm. How how has it been allowed to be forgotten? Yeah. You know, it would, when it would fit so easily with songs like "Bullet the Blue Sky." So how is that? How has it not become a staple? Well, I think not only is it a sore subject in terms of they don't really like to focus on on this kind of the the aspects that are a bit more violent in the song. I'm not going to do this justice, so go and look it up on Wikipedia. Anyone listening? But I think there was someone who was involved in a murder case and they'd been listening to this so- song. So in a kind of, you know, Marilyn Manson got pegged for for lots of uh, lots of people who have committed horrific acts and it just happens that they also like his yeah. music. You know, oh, th- that means that he's caused that. I think they wanted to get away from the song mm. because of that, because there was something like that occurred. Again, go and research it because I'm not obviously doing a good job here. I, I hadn't heard that, but fair enough. Mm. We we probably should have done the research on it, but neither of us have. Um, <laughs> so, mothers of the disappeared, a a simple and beautiful end to the show. Yeah, just possi- like on the album. Possibly the most surprised I was throughout the show because I think of all the songs, this was the one I didn't really care about. I, I obviously well. like it when I listened to the album, but I just I ne- I didn't have any expect expectation of how it would be live. Mm. I I um hadn't really thought about it so it fell on me pretty naturally 
um, because of course that that song comes after Exit. So I was I, I really approached it with an open mind and mm. really enjoyed it. And you had the women in the in the video package, yeah. uh, all holding the candles. Mm. Are, are they actresses or were they actual relatives of the people who've been disappeared? Yeah, I don't know. I know that they had um, they have done that in the past because I, I know the mothers joined them on uh, part of the Pop Mart tour. And um, which was controversial at the time. People, some people in the audience, you know, obviously not everyone's going to agree politically with with that statement. Yeah. Some people may have been more in favour of, of of the the regime that caused those disappearings, I guess. Um, but I don't know. It seems possible, um, and maybe even probable. But I don't want to say yes, it was them because I don't know. Mm. Um, but it it was a great a great way to finish. You know, kind of. Not, I don't know, not on a low note, but on a, on a quieter, somber note. Yeah, I mean, it was the, it was the only way you could obviously finish that section of the show, um, but it, again, didn't disappoint. None of the Joshua Tree songs disappointed me at all. Oh, my only, the only thing I would like to add is that with without you, I feel needs will shine like stars in the summer night at the end of it. Yeah. Especially when you're singing it on a sunny night, <laughs> Bono. Um, <laughs> uh, the only things that disappointed me with the Joshua Tree songs is that, and this is my fault for overplaying them, is that some of them, because they wanted to be faithful to the album versions or to not expand them in that way, I was just kind of thinking, okay, let's get to the more rare ones now. I, you know, I, during Still Haven't Found and with Without You, I was kind of like. Okay, let's get on. I took most pictures during With or Without You. I didn't get. I purposely didn't get my phone out um, and wasn't doing recording and things like that. But I thought, you know, what, I'll take a few pictures of Adam. He looks cool there. Yeah. That's now our new banner, actually. I just, I just kind of, my phone stayed away most of the show because I was like, eh, there's going to be someone who enjoys taking pictures a lot more than here yeah. at the at the gig. I kind of trust the other 110,000 people to yeah. I've got the, they've got it covered they've got the video market covered I do, Ooh, I'm just, not sure what if not one person has got out their phone well I, do you know I'd prefer that gig yeah it'd be amazing I'd, wouldn't it I'd, and I just I don't want I don't want to be one of those people well hypocritically I was but I, I took about seven pictures I, I said to you I think I've already said it on this podcast uh, when we were in London I was so in the moment yeah all the way through I was so in the moment mm. and I, I imagine just putting my phone in my in, in my hand in my pocket to get my phone out, and oh, is my camera on? Oh, is my flash on? Oh, I've got to sort this out. Just completely takes takes yeah. you out of the moment. And I really wanted to be in the moment with you two and experience that show yeah. in full force. All right, I didn't have a seat, so I didn't get to see ninety percent of what was actually going on. Snore, but I was in the moment for the show, and 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 musically, and I don't want to say spiritually, but I think you can say spiritually. There was something inside me, a certain chemical reaction because of the music that just made me feel on top of the world. Um, and I didn't want to change that. And I don't want a mobile phone changing that for me either. No. Well, should we move into... And, and no, Bono, I won't take my star out. Do you remember when Bono said that? <laughs> T- take your, was, it, was that in bad? It was really early on. It was still light. He wouldn't have said it that early on, would he? Yeah, he said it really early on. I think mm. I think it was something to do with with bad and the heroes thing. He said, "Take your stars out." And I went, I wanted everybody in unison to go one minute, Bono, 
what star? <laughs> I, I, I know who has a star, and, and like he just held his hand up. He doesn't have a phone in his hand. Held his hand up, going, "Take your stars out." <laughs> and have you definitely got this right? Then? I have got this right because I was still thinking, "What the? F- what, what's he talking about? <laughs> He's gone mad." And mm. so, but what he meant was put the torch on your phone, and 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 Get show your star it. Out, yeah. But n- no one says star. I think I might start saying it, but I've definitely not heard it beforehand. What, so the next time your girlfriend's looking for something, say you've had a power cut in the middle of the night, and and, and you're just, oh, oh, will you get your star out, then I can see what I'm doing. And she's going to, what's she going to say to you? Johnny, what are you talking about? Okay, fine, we agree that it's, it's, it's stupid. I'll be saying it ironically. There'll be a layer of irony, like Zoo TV. Perfect time at three o'clock in the morning when you had a power cut. <laughs> Everyone needs a bit of irony then. <laughs> you can't do Zoo TV with a power cut. Johnny, we've had a paracle. Oh, shine a light. Let's. Is your phone playing now? Oh, it's playing something. It's playing something from Twickenham. Well, speaking about uh, technology ruining uh, live experiences. I, I, I have got my phone out now um, because I'm looking at the set list. So. Okay. Right. Well, let's move on then to Miss Sarajevo slash Miss Syria then. Um, I ch- thought this was one of my real highlights. Well, it was one of my real highlights. I, I, I don't think it was. It was one of my real highlights. Are you sure? Mate, no, I make no apology for it at all. <laughs> um, it was excellent. I, I never thought I'd hear this song um, live. And it, it was it was amazing. I love the sentiment. Again, there is a link back to Trump, more of an implicit rather than a literal link, because the person that came up on the, on the screen to talk about how she wanted to come to America to be a lawyer... Uh, Omaimas basically is the kind of person that Trump will be intentionally keeping out of America um, and her passport photo was passed around the stage and I, uh, not the stage around the crowd which I, I was really confused about at the start I was like what is going on is that a projection but it was do, do you remember this no hmm I, I know I pointed it out to Vinny but I might not have been stood exactly next to you but I might have been interviewing someone well they had in the middle of the gig <laughs> oh in the middle of the gig yeah oh no I don't remember that then Oh well. Anyway, um, what did you think of it? I, I thought it, I thought it was really, really well done, and I didn't know what to expect because the last time I remember this song being played a lot was about ten years ago on the on the Joshua Tree tour. Uh, sorry, on the Vertigo Vertigo tour. Yeah, great uh, version from Milan. Yeah, but at that yes, I've seen that recently where Bono does the tenor part mm. in it, which I like to do. Um, but then Pavarotti's voice came through, not live, dead. Um, I mean, that would have been creepy. Yeah, <laughs> but so Pavarotti's voice comes through, and I think, okay, at least Bono is being honest with himself. I can't sing this at this point in my career. Mm. Let's get the recording of, of uh, old Pavs on. And I think it was <laughs> old Pavs. Um, and I think the thing is, he um, Bono couldn't do this. It's not like he was doing it every night either. I don't think he did Miss Sarajevo very often and with that part. Mm. So it's never been an easy. I mean, singing like a proper opera singer is not easy for someone who is essentially a, it, a singer in a rock band. I mean, if it's it's not generally the kind. I I don't sing a lot of stuff like that. But if you are a tenor and you like that kind of music, that's a really powerful bit mm. to 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 sing because you've got to use pretty much every ounce of of your body, every every bit of air in your lungs. Mm. It's, it's very it changes um, 
very rapidly from the highs to the lows. And it's just a great, powerful song. It gives you a great feeling. So I was very happy to mm. fill in for Bono on that part. Didn't throw the microphone down to me, although I did offer. I had a sign all five. <laughs> throw me a microphone. I'll do old Pav's bit. <laughs> what? Um, do you want to hear what that um, libretto actually means in translation? Uh, I do know. I did know at one point. It's something about the river. Yeah, well, I'll read it yeah. out because um, I think I think there might be some people who, who don't know what it translates to. Uh, you say that like a river finds its way to the sea, you will find your way back to me. You say that we'll find a way, but love, I'm not a praying man, and love, I can't wait anymore. So that's what it means. And I wasn't aware of that for a very, very long time, so I think it's quite cool. Um, then we go into an interesting section of, well... It, I'm calling them a trio. Beautiful Day, Elevation, and Vertigo. Let's say Bev for short. So Bev turns up. I, I This is the point where, again, I took a couple of pictures because I was, frankly, a little bit bored. Um, and I'm going to get really slated for that, but I'm so familiar with these songs. Beautiful Day struck me as being a bit backwards because they could have come on to that. But I understand, <laughs> I understand that obsessed with weather. No, I understand what they were, what they would what they were doing. If they played in, summer with, rain, you would have been livid. With I like summer rain. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been fitting. It wouldn't have been no, weather appropriate. No, it wouldn't. No, true. What uh, about electrical storm? Even worse. <laughs> so beautiful day. I really like that version. Hmm. Um, it seemed to rejuvenate the band a little bit. Strangely enough, Joshua Tree seems to age them, and. Uh, Beautiful day mm. made them feel a bit younger, and, and Bono's voice sound just sounded different. It's only well, it's thirty fresher. years on, isn't it? I mean, and, and Beautiful Day, I think we said this at the time. It, it always sounds like a very clean and contemporary song. Yeah, it's not aged. Uh, Elevation, I knew they were going to play mm. because I saw them tuning up the SG. Yeah, as soon as he picks up an SG, I know yeah, they're going to play I, that. I, oh, I saw the tech tuning it up before mm. they came on stage, and I just went, "They're going to play Elevation." Yeah. And you went, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> if I'd seen an SG, it would. There's only one song. Yeah, I, I, but I knew you hadn't seen it, so I thought, I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak this one in. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, pop quiz, Mister Guitar Pants. Um, what does, uh, what guitar does Ed use for play, to play Vertigo? Uh, he uses a. Um, it's not a semi-acoustic. It's the ones with the plastic backs, and I don't know what they're called. Um. It's got a wooden front, and and it, no. it. I think you're thinking of what he uses for love and peace, which is a slight. Yeah, which is, I, am, I am. This is the one he used for Vertigo. Is still have the the rings on it. He doesn't use a ring. No. Ringed, um, guitar no, I mean you know the red and black rings. Yeah, but that's not the one he All uses. Right, for so that. Yeah, I'm thinking of love and peace uh, for Vertigo. I mean, I think we've we've answered the question here. Have you? Well, no, as in you don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, feel free to Wait, name is it, guitars. Is it, is it a beige guitar? Well, yeah. Um, but it's not really the colour that's important, and I'm colourblind, so... No, no, I'm, but I, I, I'm trying to fig, figure out what... I'm going to say a Les Paul, but I don't think it is. No, nah, Telecaster. Right, fair enough. Right. There we go. I mean, I mean, I... I don't really have much to say oh, about. Oh. You have you have met, uh, reminded me of something. Wow, I just woke up. And we need to talk about Bono's microphone stand. 
I'm going to fall asleep. Go on. Right. Bono has used a very specific microphone stand for the, <laughs> the majority. Did I really mess that up? No, not at all. It's just, right. it's just really funny. Like, I think... I don't know anyone who will be that interested in this, but go on, I'm, I'm interested. Right, so all the way through, you can look at pictures from any gig, Bono has always used the same microphone stand. He modified it slightly for Zoo TV, uh, but it's always been the same one. It's very sturdy, very durable, very expensive. Would cost about three, four hundred pounds mm. to, to buy one of these. Do you mean the same actual stand, or do you mean the same model? I Well, it's definitely the same model. Right, that's fine. Um, I think many had like a favourite one, and like if he'd lost it, it would be heartbroken. But I, it could be the same stand. I, I like to think of it as the you know the stand that's been. I mean, you think of it as a fifth member. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that it, I'll, I'll get the the name. Mm. It's called an RCI Super Duty microphone stand. And if you Google that, mm. you will uh, you'll recognise it instantly from U2 gigs Springsteen's used one There's, you know it's a very very good microphone stand but this time for the Joshua Tree that I didn't see that stand now unless that was on the B stage mm. I, I, I'm not sure but on the the A stage they he had a thick black microphone stand which was actually connected to the floor he couldn't move it oh right, okay so it was it was static well I think that is because he was using that whilst being Shadow Man to spin around on, you know, yeah. to use it like a similar way that you'd use a, a fireman's pole or something like that. Yeah. You know? But that's the only tour I've ever seen you two not use the RCI uh, Super Heavy Duty <laughs> microphone stand. There's there's probably like one person somewhere in the world going, yes, they're finally talking about microphone stats. I've waited so long. <laughs> um, all right, so Vertigo. And my question would be, would you have preferred them to have played um, Boots to sub in for any one of Bev? That's beautiful day, Elevation Vertigo. What, forget on your boots? Yeah. No. I you would... don't want me to swear on this podcast, so don't make me, all right? <laughs> I, I, I would have done. I thought, I, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm that... I love Elevation, right? Do you know what I would have preferred? Miracle Drug. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Instead, instead, of, um, instead of Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Or if if they want to stick with singles, City Blinding Lights, or Original of the Species. Yeah, oh, Original of the Species, that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is my only problem. I just think they've... And this might be... Because I think people might think I was really disappointed from the previous clip where I was saying overall I was a bit underwhelmed. During these points in the show, my mind kind of wanders a little bit, and I'm thinking, meh. I assume it's just Vertigo that... That that's the one you'd rather change. I'd I'd honestly at this point switch out Beautiful Day and Elevation. I've I've heard them both, mm. and I know that's that's me and and a lot of people it would have been their first time to hear them, and I would never deprive them of that. Yeah. You know, as if I had any power to to change things. But this is where the gig gets the least interesting to me. Would you have preferred sometimes you can't make it on your own? Yes, a hundred times over. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I I just I want to hear. Things that I've not heard as, I, I as much. I think you hit the nail on the head. This was a kind of semi-greatest hits tour. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. And that's what I have a difficulty with. But I guess we can come back to that. Because we're moving on to something that's definitely not on the greatest hits. Your favourite song, Ultraviolet, brackets, yeah. Light My Way. And this is where um, you two introduce what Bono called the luminous icons uh, or the incredible women. So he has, again, with this sort of overlinking 
idea of femininity uh we've got very famous um women like mary wollstonecraft marie curie and frank that kind of thing being shown up on the screen fantastic work really well um it's good to have kind of dual dimensions to the song because i'd never really thought about this song in a more general inspirational way you know these people have lit the way and will continue to do so rather than it just being a i mean you can't imagine bono singing baby 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 to Mary Wollstonecraft or Marie Curie. <laughs> Mary Wollstonecraft, there's a name I haven't heard since uni. <laughs> well, she was there. Um, so, I've never had a reaction to a song ever in my life like I had a reaction to Ultraviolet mm. uh, in Twickenham. Positive, negative? <sighs> Completely positive. Like I didn't even re- didn't register what song they were singing at first. In fact, you tapped me on the shoulder and went, "They're going to play it." Before I realised what was happening, mm. I went, oh, "Play what?" You know, like, and th- and then it and then it hit me, and I swear, every little bit of my body, from my little toe to my little finger and beyond, <laughs> like just, I just got this tingle all the way through this mm. really, kind. I would describe it as unnatural feeling of, of just. Was that when the like, St. John's I, ambulance I, I, went If I up? touch myself, you know, I was, I was the only way I could, I could stop myself tingling was like, you know, if I just actually felt mm. my, myself, and so it all just came over me all at once, and I just, I had to like grab my head because it, was, it felt kind of weird all <laughs> over my head, like it's every, every last hair sticking up on my body, and I was just like, wow, and I just burst out crying, <laughs> like the. Bono's not even started singing at this point, and I've just burst out crying. I'm in. A, I'm in really happy, and I'm not. Wasn't sad about it whatsoever. Mm. It was just this reaction to a song that I'd heard once, and was surprised to hear it then. Didn't really ever expect to hear it again, even though I knew they'd played it several times on the tour. Mm. See, I didn't know, and I really didn't expect to hear <laughs> and it. And I just cried like a baby. I was singing my heart out. I had tears running down my face. I mm. was. I, I was sweating like you get when you know when when you have a good cry you get all hot and clammy and I was I was just a mess I was absolutely a mess and I was singing my heart out and I've never felt like that since and before or since and and so after the gig now I feel like I've I've kind of been to the mountain top of music now mm. and so nothing has the same impact there's, there's bands that I, I, I was listening to a lot before I went I come back and I don't want to listen to them now because <laughs> it's just never going to be as good as listening to Ultraviolet wow it's your most intense live U2 experience then I, I have never had a feeling like that in my life it was utter utter euphoria I thought it was fine <laughs> no, it was amazing. It, it was it was a great version. Yeah, they really. They really I can't say I had well. that reaction, but it was amazing. Was amazing. Um, I think yeah. During this, t- uh, Miss Sarajevo and Bad are the times when when my eyes got a little bit watery. Um, so yeah, any, any, I mean, any any more to say on Ultraviolet, or shall we move on to one? Um, if there's a version of ultraviolet on youtube I'll, I'll look for that and i'll share it on twitter and facebook but if you know that if if you hear this before i've done that then just just look for what that version from Twi- twickenham it was so special I'm, I'm i'm sure you won't get the full hit of what it was like standing in the crowd and it being your favorite song and you know everything mm. it meant to me maybe you will but just 
dig that out and, and see what we're on about because mm. it was special. There was something really powerful mm. in that performance. Um, the only note I've got for one is Bono's wearing a nice jacket. <laughs> was he? I don't. Was he? Wasn't full on TED Talk? Was he? No. Um, he actually had like um, and he wasn't wearing like a shirt. F- for something underneath, I don't think it was just sort of um, had little bits of embedded, um, like I don't know, probably not di- well, maybe they are diamonds, tree? just bits of tree stuff, <laughs> bits in of it. bark and stuff. <laughs> no, it's not Brandon Flowers. Um, uh, yeah, no, he had like bits of, um, I guess it'd be like diamante kind of thing, but it just it's a cool jacket, sort of a take on the edges trousers, but not as good um, with metal in the material. He tried to take off the edges trousers. <laughs> You see, this is why I want a seat. <laughs> so you can get a really good look at all these uh, crazy events. Yeah. And then, obviously, he's, he's, Bono is asking people once again to get out their stars, and uh, the phones came out, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. I, Which... don't, I don't think he referred to them as, as stars this time, even though it was at night. Mm. What What is up with Bono? Has he banged his head? <laughs> he fell off that bike. <laughs> oh, true. Um, and then we move on to what for me was an absolute highlight, um, a enormous highlight. And well, go on. What, what do you think of what do you think of this? We can move on to the little things that give you away. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Mm. Uh, I remember it. It came. Well, it was played on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. A, a few weeks back before we saw the gig, and we weren't really interacting with anything. But I think because this was a TV performance, we felt like it was more for us than. Than other stuff, and we yeah. we felt like it wasn't going to ruin anything. Um, and I felt better knowing that song a little bit. Yeah. When, when we when we heard it, and you played it to Vinny, either the morning, um, morning of, off, the, yeah. morning of the gig. And I think I don't think you were thinking they'll definitely play it. No, I was. Yeah. Oh right, okay. Well, I, knew, I, I knew they'd play. It. I didn't think they'd finish with it. See, I did. I I didn't know they were going to play it, but I was really happy they did. And it's mm. a really strong showing that they've finished it because. They were showing the way to the future. I'm just realising I might be repeating what I said earlier when we sat on that park bench in just after the gig. So <laughs> sorry if I am. That was nearly two weeks ago for us, though. So yeah, but it's about an hour ago for the for the listener. Um, so, so sorry. So right, talk about the first time you you heard that song and what you thought about it because we've not actually done a proper review. Well, I can actually get um, what I thought about it up. Um, so. If you'll bear with me, okay. I'll, I'll get up my thoughts. So either Phil or we'll stick in some sort of intermission music. Thank God I found it. Right, okay, good. Um, on your boots. Right, so I'm re- I remembered writing this down because I thought I want to document the first time I hear this, because I thought it's very rare that you get an opportunity these days to hear a new U2 song, which you're pretty sure will be on an album, so it's going to be on Experience. Um, I deny that. You don't think it's going to be on Experience? No, it's been it's way, way too early. It's going to be on Experience. Not a chance. It might be an extra track. It might be a hidden track like Invisible, but it's not on the album. Well, I think it I'm, will be. I'm not having any of it. <laughs> right. I ain't having any of it, mate. Right, so my first impressions, um, it's not really what I expected from experience in terms of the sound and the tempo and the mood. I always thought experience would be a bit more heavy and poppy, but I might be completely wrong with that. However, Bono did make an explicit reference back to the other album, the sister album, 
songs of innocence so he said you know and all my innocence is gone and I was, at that point, I was like, yes, they're actually doing this properly. They're not mm. just going to be disconnected albums. They're actually thematically working them together. Oh, my instance has died. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I didn't get a hook from the song right away, which is fine, because even Invisible, the first time I listened to it, I didn't come away from it going, mew, 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 you know, that great hook. Why would you? There. Well, because it's in the song, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um but I didn't. There's not really a big hook from this, so it's obviously not a lead single, "Beautiful Day" type type song. Um, and you get a massive sound from Edge at the end. And I've got to admit, the first time I heard it, I thought it was like a not as good version of Mercy. Yeah, I likened it to Mercy a lot, but better Pro- or worse, probably just different, just different. But uh, yeah, I, I probably didn't think it was as good as Mercy. Mm. Because we know and love that song. Yeah, there's a lot of um, lyrics in Mercy, which are normally, you know, floating around in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, like on, on on one of the versions where Bono's um, singing, uh, because, because, if we can, we must. Mm-hmm. And, and stuff like that, which I think is a pretty preachy line, but it's catchy and it sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was liking it to that, and I didn't, Really know if it sounded a bit like a B side. Um, I didn't know if it was the strongest U two song ever, but mm. it's. I, I still listen to it. I listened to it last night before I went to bed, and mm. I, I still really, really like. I, I like the song. I think it, it gets catchier as you listen to it. It's, it's a yeah. grower, is well, what I'm trying to say. Well, that's what I was going to say. I now absolutely love this song. Really want it to be on experience. I mean not just for the fact that it links back to Innocence, but because it's a great song. Bono's got a real sense of encountering his own mortality here, which I don't think we've really had that as much. You know, he's talking about... He sounds like he's a 50-odd-year-old bloke. He's talking about waking up at four in the morning. He's worried and scared about all the darkness that's swarming around him. The lyrics are good as well. Actual good lyrics. And this is perhaps why, when I... If it hadn't been there, I might not have thought this. But I was thinking... I really wish I was watching the Innocence tour and I had a new album to get into and we were moving things on and not looking back. And I've read a lot of really good journalism on this tour. Uh, even papers that are usually very sniffy about U2 um, were saying this is great, it works really well, it's a heritage act, but it's not a heritage act in a yeah. bad way. They've they've actually done fantastically in terms of the response that's come to this. It's been very, very positive. Having said that, it's not what I want, and that's maybe the little, the little, I don't know, bit of poison that's in the gig. If that's not too dramatic, mm. it's not experience, and that's what I want. Well, yeah, but we're we're gonna get that, aren't we? But I, but I, I don't want them to do this with. I don't want to see Acton Baby. Acton Baby's my favorite album. I don't want to see Acton Baby. Do you want to see Zoo TV live though? No, because that was its own and, thing. Yeah, and I don't think Zoo TV would work these days. No, because everyone has a Zoo TV in the front room and in their pocket. Like, Zoo TV <laughs> already exists. You live in it, people. It's like a conspiracy theorist. Political. Yeah. hard it's a party political broadcaster. Hard-hitting social commentary from me. Um, yeah, so it was it was great. I'm glad they finished with a new song because they're pointing, that, like, pointing to the future. Yeah. And it just can't come quick enough. That's the problem. We've got to wait till at least October. Yeah. Um, and then... Noel G comes back, sans high flying bees, to play "Don't Look Back" in A, <laughs> or anger. 
Um, we've talked about this song on the podcast before, I think. Um, it's a song that is obviously quite close to our hearts, given the recent Manchester attacks and how that it's become associated with those. And there's a certain solidarity and a you know kind of a gesture of we're going to carry on singing no matter what and attending things. So it was good. Edge played the solo, which I was surprised about. I didn't think Edge would be playing the solo to it. But he did a good job. He messed it up a bit. <laughs> I remember that. I thought he did all right. Adam was particularly good, though. Well, it's Adam playing an Oasis song, so it's... I, d- I don't mean this to sound rude, but it's probably not that complex. But, you know, you can, you can play an uncomplex si- uh, song badly. Yeah. And yeah. Adam didn't. Well, clap, clap to Adam Clayton. Thank you. Um, yeah, and then we just waltzed off into the night and got the hell out of there. Waltzed off into the night, queuing for a train for an hour. It took forever, actually. Yeah. Although I will say the public services were excellent, considering that volume yeah, of people. It really was. Well done, Twickenham. And well done to the the, the uh, entrepreneurs in Twickenham who have hot dog stalls and burger stalls and, they, they and chippies and hog, hog roast stalls in the front garden, making <laughs> I, what I imagine is a pretty sweet penny mm. from uh, people coming back from gigs in, in Twickenham. Mm. But, but yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Also, entrepreneurial spirit too. I saw one woman, um, obviously the the Joshua Tree, I'm saying obviously, if you weren't there, there were special branded Joshua Tree cups. I've been drinking water one throughout, uh, from one throughout this podcast. Um, and if you returned them, you would get, I think, a £2 deposit. And I saw one woman just walking back and she'd clearly been picking them up or collecting them because maybe some people didn't know. She had a stack of them, about 20 tall, so you do the maths. Mm. Um... Man, it was a good gig. I feel, I feel like I'm still processing it, really. Yeah, it is weird. I'm glad that we didn't do this straight away. We have waited a couple of weeks to actually yeah. go through the motions. I am happier now about the gig, weirdly, than I was on the night. As in, my immediate reactions, for some reason, were a little bit negative. I just feel like I was a part of something. I feel yeah. like, you know, you, you hear about these huge concerts in, in history and you can be quite jealous that you you know you you weren't born or you didn't get a chance to go mm. and i just i honestly feel like i was a part of history in those shows um oh, that that show that first twickenham show and george uh, McCauley, who you heard at the start of this podcast went to the second show and actually said they managed to trump it now i don't know i've not listened and i kind of don't if that is the case i don't want to listen to that show because <laughs> I'm really happy with what I got. Well, and and the second show you didn't get ultraviolet, you got mysterious ways, which is com- comparative to ultraviolet, definitely. Yeah. And just to say, cheers to George for letting us use his um, audio clips because, and this is a, a, another glimpse behind the curtain. I didn't record the um, audio on the night, so the clips you heard earlier in the first section, I think pretty much all the stuff that is actually just you two playing. Yeah, that's just. That's from the second night. Yeah. Whereas the build-up and then don't look back in anger. That's the bits that I recorded. Um. So cheers to him for letting us use that. Yeah, and um, you know, George is a really big U2 fan. So if you want to follow him on Twitter, then you just need to type in at George McCauley, and you'll you'll get hooked up with him. And he'll um he's got his own podcast. Mm. Uh, and he does um does some, he does I think he does some like dancey techno music. Someone just asked him if he'll if he's going to do a remix of some U two stuff, and he's like, I, I just don't think I can I can do that. <laughs> well, I, I'd be interested to hearing some of that. 
Yeah. Um, and once again, I suppose thank you to everyone who we badgered um, and asked questions to. It was it was really really fun to. It made the gig a lot a lot better talking to people from all around the world and from London um, and people who'd, who'd seen you two so many years before we were even aware of them or sometimes born. Yeah. I also want to give a little uh, shout out to uh, someone else that's contacted me on Twitter. Uh, her name is Dina Dietrich. Uh, she's written a book called On the Road with You Too. Oh, wow. Um, and that's available on Amazon now. But if you, again, on Twitter, if you type in On the Road, at On the Road with You Too by Dina Dietrich, then you will, uh, you'll be able to order that off Amazon. Uh, mine is on order at the moment. So. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to mm-hmm. reading that. I will borrow your copy. <laughs> no, I I'm a cheapskate. I have no doubt about that. But yeah, um, since Twickenham, our Twitter has been absolutely blowing up and people getting in contact every day. And we really, really appreciate that. We'd love the feedback on the podcast. Mm. Um, thank you really to the, to the U2 community for being a part of us going to watch U2 live. It really has meant a lot to us and mm. it made the day and the weekend just so much better being mm. able to connect with so many of you either via twitter or facebook uh and and, and you know the few of you that we we did meet in person mm. so and none and no one was no one thought we were jerks either i mean and they might well have done i spoke to a few of them afterwards they didn't really like you oh well that's that's a shame oh well <laughs> case or are but yeah we're just this is a bonus episode this isn't officially part of season four but you know, it's, we're just gonna bring maintain it. the canon. Yeah, we're ju- we're just gonna we're gonna bring it out uh, because it's kind of out of order. But th- there you go. Thank you to everybody that just made that weekend in in London so phenomenal. Uh, p- particularly those four lovable lads from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cheers. Yeah. Uh, next week we'll be back with Potmart and continuing our season of the story of you two live so we hope you join us next week but for now from myself and johnny we'll see you later bye Hi there, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review 2 you or on soundcloud.com forward slash review 2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you. Hi there, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review 2 you or on soundcloud.com forward slash review 2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you.